0: Listening to Hockey Night in New York, the Premier Live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is hockey night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, October twentieth, two thousand nineteen. Got a great show coming up for you tonight. Arthur Staple of the Athletic will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mister Tony Stabile. Tony, how are you? Hey, brother, how you doing? This is a good week. Good, good week. Couldn't have been much better, considering all the Islanders are doing lately, is winning. Three wins this week, pal. They beat the Cup Champs, they beat the Blue Jackets, they beat the Jets, and suddenly your New York Islanders are on a little roll here, pal. Five and three, ten points. We're still early in the game here, but nice little turnaround. Not not a lot of complaining to do right now. I mean, the the wins weren't perfect, but they're looking much better than they were. They're looking much more like the team that we saw last year. Still got some things to work on, but I gotta ask you, Tony, how does it feel to be Tony Stabell? It feels freaking fantastic, bro. I mean, (laughs) four four wins this
1: week. I mean, look, this is the thing, and this is I, I I don't think this can be understated. This team is not playing really well right now. And yet they're still winning games. So can you imagine when they actually start to play well, what, what would happen? I mean, they're finding ways to win, and we this was a this was a theme last year. It's what we're seeing again this year. Even when they're not at their best, they're still pulling points out of the, out of their hat. And th- we saw it in almost every game this week, uh, and it's it's a beautiful thing to see because it's a team that over years years past, I know we talked about it last year, this is a team that would find ways to lose games like these that they've been that they've been pulling points out. Now they're finding ways to win. And I I don't think anything more is indicative as that man behind the bench because you saw during that timeout last night, we've been howling for years for coaches to call timeout. You know, use the time that you have. And you saw Barry get in their face, be a little animated. He was was, animated. He was pretty animated, right? (laughs) Not safe for work, you know, what he was saying, but... (laughs) I mean, yeah. But God bless it, man. Holy cow, that was awesome to see. And they responded, and look, it they worked. They win. They win it the worked. game. You know, and it's still, you know, when you announce the show, I, I meant to tell you that is no longer. This is no longer October from now on anymore. When you we do shows from now on, you need to announce the date as we are doing. We're live Sunday, October twentieth, two
0: thousand and nineteen. Right. Because
1: you're Ed, absolutely right. This dude owns this month. <laughs>
0: Yes, he does. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he does. And since you brought it up, Tony, I was looking at uh, Eric Hornick's famous The Skinny after the game from last night, and Brock is 27, 24, and 51 in 68 career October games. He can only do this for the whole season. Can you imagine?
1: I mean, look, he is he, he's a different player than he was two years ago. Okay, We talked about it last year. But he really has turned a corner, hasn't he? I mean, I, I, I without a doubt. I love I
0: love when he's on the ice now. Like he used to infuriate me when he was on the ice, and now I'm just like, yeah, put him out there, put him out there, put him out again. Barry bro. put a lot of trust in him last year, mm-hmm. and I mean, he really had no choice because obviously that second line center role needed to be filled by somebody. Mm-hmm. But Brock took the took on the role and he ran with it, and he's been a different player since. So I mean, you credit the player and you credit the coach just for how he's. He's gotten Brock to uh, to dial in here. But, yeah, no, he looks great, and he's tied for the scoring lead with Barzell right now. Four goals, three assists. We're going to have to talk about Barzell as well since mm-hmm. that guy is scoring goals also. Mr. Shooter. The uh, shooter. It's almost like he was listening to you last week, Tony. Yes. You called him out. You said you wanted more shots, and, and he has responded in kind. mm mm-hmm. Josh he, Bailey he, Josh Bailey too, so I have to give them
1: both credit. Thank you, boys. When you, I know you listen and uh, you know, you're big fans of the show, but you know, it really <laughs> just to take what I said <laughs> and respond the way that you have. It's just, just, it's, just a, it's just it's <laughs> flattering and, and it's just a testament to what type of people you really are. So thank you so much for doing that. You know, and Islander uh Islanders country, uh, we love
0: you. That's, that's very nice of you, Tony. Very I,
1: nice I of you. Thought, I thought that was that was good.
0: All right, so let's let's start recapping these games a little bit, huh, pal? Let's look at Monday. You had the Columbus. Columbus Day showdown. The Islanders always like to do the afternoon Columbus game while everybody's at work at <laughs> 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 1 o'clock. But that's what they do, so, you know, have at it. So it's not looking good there against the, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. It looks like uh, another game. The Islanders are slow out of the gate. You had Shen's goal in the first, and, you know, they had a horrible second period. They only put four shots up on the board. And then it really looked over when Tarasenko put that power play goal in early in the third period. They're down 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. And then the Islanders said, you know what, let's wait till about the six minute mark and we'll wake things up here. And they woke up, and all of a sudden, you got Brock Nelson, you know, putting up that first goal to give him a little little life, you know, just under six minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And then the Isles pull a goalie, 27 seconds left. Barzell goes for that centering pass. It ends up going off a stick or what have you, and it ends up in the net. And there you have it, folks. Tie, tie goal, tie, tie game. game, 27 seconds to go with the goalie pulled. Great stuff. They go into overtime, and the Isles have been pretty magic in the three-on-three. Three. Mm-hmm. It's almost – I mean, look, I, I'm, they, I am against – At one point, under Capuana, they were so bad, and right. now they are so good. It's right. amazing. Right, right. They, they've been, you know, last year, this year, so far, very good in overtime. Mm-hmm. And they had to use it a couple times this week, which we'll be talking about. But they, they go out there, and they wrestled two points from the St. Louis Blues after mm-hmm. it looked like they were all but gone. Not only did they get the one for tying it, but they get the second point against the St. Louis Blues. And and again, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't a great game overall. It wasn't a full 60 minutes by any stretch. Mm-hmm. But that kind of win, I said it on Twitter, is the type of thing that could end up springboarding this team a little bit. And it looks like maybe it has because now we get to go into Thursday. They go up into cold, frigid Winnipeg. And once again, slow out of the gate, they they give up the first goal to to Winnipeg, and it takes them a little while. But you know they get that power play goal from Ehlers. But then Matt Barzell once again pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger on the power play. That rip he gets fed fed across from Bailey, mm-hmm. puts it in the left side of the net. You got a tie game. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom almost scored his first goal of his career that game. He was robbed on that pretty, uh, pretty pass by tip pass by Bailey just in front of the net. He came streaking in, right. We'll and he talk almost about roofed
1: the, it. We'll talk about the fact Wallstrom is with the team also. Obviously, now because, yes, know, that's the thing. But yeah, he's uh, he had, a, he, had a, he had a glorious chance in his he's last two games. So good, oh, man. he really does. He's he's uh, Brian said it perfectly uh, this week on uh, on Twitter. He is fun to watch. Yeah, he's really fun to watch,
0: and he really is the anti Barzell, anti Bailey in the sense and that he, shoots, he just loves to he pull He loves
1: trick. to shoot and he does it he's his his release is ridiculous. He's yeah. he's got a great shot. He's, he's going to score goals in his He league. is
0: making a great, great case to stick with this team mm-hmm. and I hope he does. So if, I mean look, it's only been a few games, you know, he doesn't have any points up on the board yet, but He's showing a lot out there on the ice where it really doesn't matter at this point because they're going to come. Mm-hmm. He looks great. He's playing hard. He's banging bodies. He's hitting guys. He doesn't look intimidated out there. He's just nope. playing his game, yep. and I think the points are going to come. I mean, like I said, he was robbed on that shot. I mean, that was such a beautiful little tip pass. Tried to put it top shelf, and he just got He got
1: robbed, he got robbed there. Robbed. He hit the crossbar last night. He's he's This kid is going to score goals in the NHL. There's no question about it. You see it. It's written all over him. He's just – and he's, he's come up. He's been – Unassuming. This is a first round pick, and you know he, he he didn't make the you know the club out of camp, but has come in, went down, played just a couple of games, and he Bray brought him right up, and he has been a difference maker. You know, almost immediately since he stepped onto the ice, so you got to give him credit because he's played within his own, when his own, when is it within his own game. He hasn't tried to do too much. He's not trying to, you know, over, you know, overdo it or impress. He's just going out there and being himself. And if that's what the coaching staff has told him to do, then that's that's this is a beautiful thing that started here with this kid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it comes by way of some injuries. You have Sazikas that's still out. You have Eberly that's still out. And you had Komarov with the illness. He actually ends up getting replaced by Cole, Cole Barrow. Yep. I didn't NHL, see that coming. NHL <laughs> debut. Well, uh, uh, Corvula is hurt, uh, so
1: he hasn't been in the lineup the last couple of games. Okay. So, uh, you know, it, it, is, it is. But, I mean, I understand it because, I mean, look, you really – you're replacing, you know, a a fourth line player with another fourth line player, so uh it's yeah, you know, no, kinda the way hey, you're look, gonna he, go. He so. played
0: like eight and a half minutes, you know. I mean I thought he was fine. He was fine. I thought he was fine. He was so. fine. He yeah. wasn't a liability, that's all you can nope. really ask. I will just say that I mean, he's no I didn't matrix, know he was gonna be I mean, the next call up, I'll tell you that. Like no, I didn't, when I saw I Andy think, Graziano put the tweet out there that he was coming up, I was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. all right fair enough who yeah <laughs> you know
1: I, yeah when i you know when i saw it i was i was a little taken back but i when i realized that it was comrade that he was replacing i'm like well yeah. that kind of makes sense this is a, right. he's a fourth line energy guy you know he hits he throws the body so right. and it's good you know good for him i mean he's been you know he's been in the ahl now he's, he's 26, 26 years old. Year
0: old rookie undrafted he was in the flyer system for a little while mm-hmm. and then he made his way over to bridgeport over the summer and he got his first crack with the Isles. Yeah, last so, night. Yeah, good family. Got to, to go, got,
1: got to do his rookie lap by himself. Third one this year. Yes, the Isles of Alaska yes. is the first one. I like the fact that the team is doing that. They're you know letting the rookies go out yeah, and do their lap. You know, sure.
0: Dobson got his. Wallstrom got his. And now, and that was uh first time long time. I'm also stealing this from Eric Hornick on his skinny is uh, it's the first time there's been that many new rookies, you know, new players in, in October since, like, 05 or something That's like that. That's crazy. Something like that. I think it was Campoli's rookie year. I think that was one of the names that he mentioned. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and
1: one thing, I'll give you one more thing from Eric Hornick who was singing his praises um, uh, uh, from the Monday game. It says it was the first time in franchise history that the Islanders were down by more than two goals with less than, you know, less than five and a half minutes to play and that they came back and won the game. Right, that's right. That's the first time in franchise history, which it t- is amazing to me. you, know, you think about some yeah. of these some of these teams that have play, you know some of these teams that have played in you know on the disorganization and this is the first time that something like that has happened.
0: Yeah, and but it's also a very weird stat, right? You yeah, know, five I mean, and a half and, minutes. And look yeah, only only people like Eric Hornick are going to are going to find them. Right. You know, but such a strange stat where, oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Less and than he, six I, minutes to go. I, this is the first he, time that happened. I would oh, love okay. to
1: know how he just pulls that stuff out of his hat. He's a human database. Man. And he t- actually wrote it. They sh- he tweeted out the pi- Oh, Brendan Burke tweeted out the picture. He wrote it on a whiteboard and handed it to Brendan Burke <laughs> yes, during he, the yes, broadcast. that's right. I, was, I saw that. I was blown away by that. Good <laughs> for you, everybody Eric. Everybody
0: gave him a hard time for his handwriting. Oh, please. <laughs> I have no idea how. Oh, God. You, you <laughs> and I'll be honest. I, I had a hard time <laughs> reading I'll it. T- I was like, what does that say?
1: I, I took me about five minutes. That to in. get through it. And Sorry, I, Eric. And I, we love you, buddy. We just busted and, t- and I'll say right now, I, I know why <laughs> Howie Rose retired early because, <laughs> oh my God, if he had to read that every night, whew, oh, Eric, that's terrible. My, my terrible people. <laughs> my goodness, Eric. Whew.
0: Fun stats, fun yeah. stats, nonetheless. So anyway, the reason why I brought up those injuries was, you know, we seem to always go off on these little tangents here. But the reason why I brought that up because you have Wallstrom up now, and obviously Barjow is, is going to be up as needed. He's going back when Leo gets when gets healthy. Mm-hmm. But if and when this team does get healthy, and also today, Andrew Ladd, for the first time, was out of his no-contact jersey, so he's getting close. Apparently, he's going to be back sometime next month. I don't know if that's going to be the beginning of November or what have you, but apparently he's coming back soon. So, you have Sezekis and Eberle, who are supposedly unlikely for Thursday and Friday. Sezekis is a little closer. Yeah, they didn't travel. Uh, Right, right, but I'm talking about... This coming weekend. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they're not looking good for Thursday or Friday. Oh, Arizona. You're talking about Arizona. Yes. Yes. So, according to Barry Trotz, Zekas is a little closer than Eberly, but we may not see them in the next coming games. But they're not out long term. So, when these guys come back, what is? and this is something I want to ask Arthur Staple about, what is going to be the fate of Oliver Wallstrom? Because everybody is Mm -hmm. so excited about the way he's playing and everybody wants him up because everybody wants that shooter up there for him to eventually start potting some goals. And you know what's going to happen there? You know, well, uh, I think that Michael Del Cole
1: is going to definitely going to have to. You know, he's going to have to do more than what he's doing. I know he scored yesterday, uh, but he's got three shots in eight games, and that's not. You know, you're 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 in a, you're filling an offensive role. You're playing with Brock Nelson, who's who is a hot player right now. Okay, obviously we we've seen that. Pretty much every day, okay. So you're playing with a guy who's putting the puck in the net, putting the puck on the net, okay. And you have three shots in eight games, Mike. You gotta you gotta step up, bro, because you, <laughs> this kid is on this kid is on your tail. He is, and you know, yeah, this, I and, guess
0: that might be the first person you look at. Well, Wallstrom's got
1: twice as many shots in in two in Good. three games That's that, that Del Cole has in eight games. That's I mean, what I want to hear. Wallstrom's That's got crazy. six shots already, where Del Cole has three. I mean, that's not acceptable for a second line left wing to have three shots in eight games. We had this conversation last week about Bailey and Barzell. They obviously responded, "Thank you for listening, guys. Again, I really appreciate that." <laughs> if you can just get a hold of Michael Del Col and just tell him to give us a listen, and you know we can help him along <laughs> as well. But, uh, y- you know, but yeah, somebody my... send MDC the link, please. Yeah, and the the link. Just, just just have yeah. him DM me. I'll take well, care of the know, whole thing. Well, you know,
0: he kind of he kind of did listen because uh, last night he put one in. He on a rebound. He put one in. Yes, he did. So yes, he did. But, that's good timing. But, now that we're having this conversation, well, that
1: would mean also that he had two shots over the course <laughs> of the first seven and a half games uh, that he played. So that's right. even worse.
0: That's right. But that's uh, right. this look, it's it,
1: he's he's got to show more. He has to. Um, there's just there's no question. Again, he's not playing on a third the line. Only he was playing thing with is,
0: and that, this is what's. And I don't mean to cut you off, but this mm-hmm. is what's going to be frustrating if, if and when there is a healthy lineup here. Oliver Wallstrom's the only guy really in that mix that can go through waivers, no problem. He's waiver-exempt. Mm-hmm. So even if he's outperforming a guy, let's say, like Del Call, and it com- let's just say for argument's sake it comes down to those two guys, they may still send Wallstrom back down because they don't want to lose Del Call, even if Wallstrom's performing better. It's possible. And that'll frustrate some people, but unfortunately that's kind of the the nature of the beast and you know the way you have to work the system. They might they may not be ready to part You know, to dangle Dal Cole in the waiver wire or somebody like that. Well that's that's or or maybe it's Johnston or something like that. You know? That's
1: that's to say if they're looking to to dangle, you know, Dal Cole. I mean, you know, remember last season they sent Kuhnhawkel through waivers as well after the first month or so of the season. So there's yeah. a possibility that Lul sees and says, "Hey, we could probably sneak this guy through waivers now and do that as well."
0: Yeah, and I guess maybe that's what you would see first before you start talking about Dalcal is maybe maybe you see a guy like Kunakl get sent down or Johnson sent down or something like that because a they're in less danger of getting plucked off the waiver wire and b if they do, it's not that big of a deal. It's wall. not so the end
1: of the world because you have, game. you know, because if Wallstrom is cemented in, and you and now dal is going to be the guy who's going to cycle in and out of the lineup, or even a fact if even if you're going to try to put the two of them against each other, you could do that as well and if lad's coming back, someone's going to have to go on a waiver wire anyway so there's no, there's no question. Someone's going on waivers. Is it going to be Ross Johnston? Is it going to be Tom Coonhockle? Is it going to be Dal Cole? I don't think it'll be Dal Cole. I think that they they want to give. Yeah, him I think
0: we just talked ourselves out of that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, two two years uh, they gave him on a contract. I don't I don't see that happening. So I, I really honestly think at this point that uh, if it's if it's going to be someone, I mean, look, they did it last year. You know, they put Coonhockle on waivers last year. He made it through. He went to Bridgeport for like three days, and then came back. They just wanted to put him on waivers and in, so they can be able to send him back and forth.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I guess a simpler question. Do you think Wallstrom should stay? Do you think that he should stick around? From what around? I've
1: seen, absolutely he should he stay. Does. Yeah, okay. well, what I've seen of him. I mean, well, I mean, a
0: week ago, <laughs> I was saying, ah, oh, well, I don't need to see him until December, January. Yeah, and then all of
1: a sudden, <laughs> <in> the next <laughs> one. Oh, oh, he's, he's up. Yeah, <laughs> that was... oh.
0: Well, you see, that's what you
1: need to do more often. Is you need to just you know kind of throw blanket statements out, and then that'll then <laughs> the opposite will come through, right. Completely
0: so. wrong. <laughs> yeah, projections just, just completely They're going to go on like an
1: eleven game yeah. losing streak now, and then a win eleven in a row. I, that'll
0: be good. Yeah, I, I hope so. I nice. hope so. But, but yeah, it's funny. I mean, I said you know that maybe they'll bring him along a little slowly, kind of like they did Taves, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, here he is. Oh, <laughs> next morning. Oh, welcome the to
1: the next club. The next morning, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I don't well, think I don't but think uh, think but look, that I you mean, had gone to bed yet and he was and, already on and the And also, leg. everybody's talking about who might have been brought up if it had well, been. Well,
1: you uh, know. said that on – I think I said it on – I think was, I tweeted that on Monday. Yeah, that Boy, was also an opinion shared number? by Arthur Staple as oh, well. And, that was, and talk about a, a brouhaha coming up because they gave him the number 26. Like – well, look, my tweet was well received, which I I, I actually, because Brian <laughs> texted me and said, good luck with that one, pal. Oh, yeah, yeah. But sh- you know what, though? Honestly, look, the minute that the guy requested a trade, that's it. He's no longer part of the team. I mean, he's requested a trade. He wants to be traded. So, and, and the funny thing is, is that there's been nothing on that. Like there's been no rumor that does there's not
0: surprise been me. No, nothing. All we saw was that maybe you know I think we touched on it last week, right? That Pittsburgh might have had interest or something like that. I think I saw somewhere else that Carolina might have had interest. Not sure.
1: Uh, that, yeah, someone put that they had been kicking the tires on uh, on a couple of different guys. But regardless of anything, that that was just ridiculous. Number twenty six now belongs to Oliver. Wahls- well, let, and me, that's let me the say end of this. That.
0: Let me just say this. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know Lula from a hole in the wall, but something tells me. That I would not put it past him, that that he gave Wall Street number twenty six for a reason, and it wasn't just oh that number happens to be available and I'm going to give it to him. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I, for some reason, it wouldn't surprise. I've heard some stories about Lula Amarillo, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'm not saying it's true. I I no, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't
1: be surprised either. I mean, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Look, it, it's it's you know it, it, the symbol, the symbolism. Look, you can't tell me, you cannot tell me. I loved the, it. I saw it. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. guy just said, oh, here's a jersey kid. <laughs>
0: right. Welcome
1: to the NHL. Right. There's no way. So if there was a bit of symbolism there, saying here. Not only have you requested a trade, but now we've given your your jersey, your number to your replacement. Here you go, kid. Yeah. Is that possible? Absolutely. I
0: think it is. Is that kind of might have been a look, little message? Maybe it been a little message. Maybe it's a maybe it's a, little, a message. A little a little, little F you back. It could be, but it also
1: <laughs> could be a message from Lou saying, "Get your head on straight and let's get let's get some work." This done. This right? could have been you. This could have been you. This could have been you. You know, rescind your trade. Go to Bridgeport and. Put your big boy pants on and let's and let's go here. Like
0: Well, look, I think it's finally over. I think it's finally over. And I think don't say that. No, I think Staple said it. it on his new podcast, which don't. we gotta congratulate him for. No sleep uh, no sleep till Belmont. No sleep I believe till believe are uh, talking to him about that. He noted on that that it's over. It's done. He's he's finished. I think I think the saga's over. I think, and I and I have said it before, <laughs> but I feel better We're, about it this time. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> Which you I know is going to happen now, right? No, he's going to get called up on Thursday. He's going to get called up on Thursday for Arizona. He's actually
1: putting his skates on right as we speak to do like, to make his first skate at uh, at Harbor Yard, like right now. Right. I believe uh, they had their was their opening night tonight or last night. I got I got to look at that. I don't. But know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yes, uh, you know, uh, now it's all quick confirmed. Everybody, just so you're aware, right? He's he, coming back. Uh, Sean has now now assured the fact that Josh Hosang. Will now be playing uh, within the Islanders organization someplace within the next mostly. Uh, I'll give you 72 hours.
0: Okay, 72 hours. Great. All right. So moving on. We kind of already started talking about the, the Jets game on Thursday. Yeah, we talked about Barzell tying it. We talked about Walsham almost having his, you know, almost having his first goal. And then, you know, the Islanders end up taking over. They end up winning the game three to one. Very nice. And they take two out of two against the Winnipeg Jets. See you later. That's it. They're done with the Jets for the season. That's four points. Thank you very much.
1: I, I I'm just waiting for for Kevin Cheval Dayoff to call Lionel Amarillo and said, can I, can I have one of these defensemen? Any of them? I'll, I'll take any one of them. Any right? Any one of them. Right. Because they so very badly need that. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, they are shockingly bad. I mean, you traded you traded Truba. Right, you lost Tyler Myers, and now Dustin Bufflin is sitting home figuring out whether or not he wants to continue to eat corn dogs or go back and play hockey. So you have three of your top four defensemen that have now just disappeared, and Paul Paul Poor Neil Pionk, <laughs> who is the guy who was acquired for Truba. I mean. I, I, I don't know. I, I they, they need to do something soon because that that's a that's a disaster. Yeah, it they're so top it's heavy. Spot. They got all four. It's right. it's like it's it's almost like the Islanders' situation in reverse because the Islanders have all these defensemen and they're looking for scoring forwards. They have it all these scoring forwards like and they're looking for defensemen. Seems yeah, like a good fit. Yeah, it's pairing. a very good fit. So, yeah.
0: I don't know. Help me, help you. Yeah, Kevin help me, off.
1: help you. Yeah, in the in the but, words of the great Rod Tidwell.
0: There you go. But the big story of that game was Mr. Matthew Barzell taking Tony Stabile's sage advice to shoot more because he potted two goals. The first one that he scored to tie the game was on the power play, which is something we're also going to have to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Then he gets the go-ahead goal, which was kind of a backbreaker for Winnipeg because it was it was late. It was nineteen at 1943, the second period. They go up 2-1. They put the clamp down on the third period. Varlamov has a strong game. He saves 32 of 33 shots. And Mr. Josh Bailey gets the unassisted empty net goal Shooting with more. about 27 seconds to go in that game. Shooting more. <laughs> he shot at an empty net, Tony. Still shot the front. Okay, I guess I guess yeah. I can't argue with you on that I can't. one. No, you can't. Okay, you win that one. You Thanks. win that one, Tony. Thanks, pal. So that <laughs> that ends up being Josh's third, third goal of the season. And they take the 3-1 win in Winnipeg. Things are good. Now you have a winning streak. Three-game winning streak. And then you go into Columbus last night. And... <laughs> the Islanders, I love it. The Islanders trolled themselves on Twitter last night. And they said, hey, that. we scored a first-period goal. I saw great that. Stuff. That was love great it. Whoever's, stuff. Whoever's running the Twitter feed this year, you're doing a good job. I, I like it. I like it. So they're, down, they're up 2-1 after the first period. Jackets tie it in the second, make it 2-2. Nothing happens in the third period. They go to overtime. And then you get more heroics from the aisles brocktober continues brocktober forever what a,
1: what a, what a great sequence because it was a beautiful pass to letty letty was was, was just robbed right by corposalo and then and then somehow some way they tip the puck back to letty who Be- sends another perfect pass bavillier makes
0: it. the play to get the puck over towards letty he grabs the puck makes the pass over and yeah, then you have a beautiful. Yeah, ball.
1: but what was Columbus the Columbus player thinking? Like, get the puck out of there. He just, and, I mean, and it wasn't as if it was some, you know, you know, like it, like um, Bravillier was like draped all over him. He literally just swung his stick and happened right. to deflect the pass to right. Lenny. Like it was just a nonchalant play. Yeah, I but mean, it was quick that, heads up play. I mean, I, it was a, good play it, was a it was it was a great play. But yeah. I mean, it was a, it was not a good play by the by the Blue Jackets defense. But I don't remember who it was. But I watched that play over and over again. I'm like, what the hell? How did that puck end up to Letty? Because it looked so innocuous, like he was just going to skate away with it. And all of a sudden, Letty's got it back. And it sends a beautiful pass across. And as we said, Brock Tober continues. Beautiful goal. And, and you got another win. And it's, it, I don't know, another guy who <laughs> we, were just, right? we were writing <laughs>
0: off in, in Nick Letty. And, and he looked great. He's looked really good. Hey, he look, it's weird because he's he was kind of the – De facto number one defenseman on this team. For and now he's while. the
1: de facto number five defenseman five, on this team.
0: Kind of, yeah. Kind I mean, he of. He really is. No, kind of. He is. No, it's true. It's it's wild. And and it's not like the guy's 33 or anything like that. He's still he's in his 20s. He's still a young guy. He's I think. You know? Boy
1: Chuck and, and Letty were the de facto number one and number two. Now they had a de facto number five, number six. Y- How
0: things can change. So quickly. Yeah, and that's not to say that guys like Pellick and Mayfield are, are better defensemen than Letty. It's just that's how the pairings go. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're gonna actually no, go one through six based on based on skill, you're probably not putting them at number five. But yes, he is the number five defenseman because he's on the pair. If you want to
1: yeah, talk sure. about skill defensively, I I, I I think that Letty and, and I think that um Pelican and Mayfield are ahead of those guys now. I mean, only because Johnny is thir- what thirty six years old now. I mean, yeah, he's thirty six. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, you know, yeah. that's just because he's he's just lost half a step, and I wouldn't even say he lost a full step. He's he's still doing his thing out there. He's still throwing a body. He still was a blocking huge hero on, on
0: Monday yeah. against St. Louis. He, he had he, that he had that keep on the blue line,
1: and he's playing to the point where no one is complaining that Noah Dobson is not in the lineup because he continues to, to yes, produce. But
0: that now that you brought him up, we might as well talk about it because here's the. With Noah Dobson. The kid's got to play. Yes, he does. He can't be up in the press box wearing a suit. But I get it. Look, Barry's got some tough decisions because Boychuk is playing well. He's a grizzled veteran. He brings that, you know, not only a veteran presence, but a physical presence as well. Mm-hmm. He, he's still. Mm-hmm he still adds to this team so it's tough agreed when you have this young up and coming kid right here with a ton of skill that they they want to get him acclimated to the NHL game right. and look they just won three games in a row with this lineup so i mean it's hard to even argue with Barry there and say hey get this kid in right. but he's got a winning formula right now
1: yes but Could, he's got to play but i'm going to i'm going to throw i'm going to throw a scenario at you and you tell me what you think okay okay what what if what if they are they're looking to move somebody like a Nick Liddy.
0: They have look, I, I-,
1: I am I'm just sure the phone lines are open. No, no, but my point is my point is is that now that Hickey passed through waivers and he's playing in Bridgeport, mm-hmm. he's at Bridgeport. And if you're looking to give that spot to Noah Dobson, okay, which he, you know, I know I understand it's the left side, but Dobson played the left side, even though he's right-handed right handed in, in junior. Mm-hmm. So if he if the idea is is that they're gonna they're keeping him around because they intend to move one of these defensemen, which is at all possible, is definitely possible, okay? That would make a lot of sense that that's the reason why he's been in the press box the last couple days because they're still, they got some lines in the water. It's definitely possible because there are teams that are in desperate need. We just saw Winnipeg two on two different occasions that need defense, and the Islanders have a, a unbelievable amount of surplus of it. So I, I think that that's the only thing that makes sense because the kid does have to play, and you cannot have seven regular NHL defenseman, which is what they have right now. And look, if one of them gets hurt or if Dobson struggles and you need to bring somebody up, you have Thomas Hickey who has what? 600 games of NHL experience sitting in Bridgeport. I mean, how many teams have that?
0: No, it's true. And it's a great option to have if, if, and when they need him. But, you know, I mean, they might just be biding their time until the inevitable injury. Because, I mean, look, we talked about it a lot last year. This team was very uncharacteristically healthy last year. They were all things considered, they were. especially when you talk about the defense. You know, and it just seems like, for me, a matter of time until Johnny Boychuk is going on the IR because it just happens, folks. That's what that's what happens.
1: Yeah, but there's other. There's still other players to replace even him. That's my point. Like there's such depth you know you have and i'm not even talking about sebastian Ajo, but you have this the, the kid grant Hutton, who had a great camp okay who's a, a boychuk clone hard shot big body throws the body around the net is you know it doesn't he doesn't play outside of his own game like he's a he's a basically a clone of johnny boychuk so you 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 have depth so far and that's and you have hickey and you have aho like you have all of these guys where you can trade a defenseman Try to get yourself some help up front. Or, look, maybe you're just trading a defenseman and you're getting picks back. I don't know. But the point is is that they have to do something because you you can't keep Noah Dobson here. You can't keep him out of the lineup and continue and to play
2: I, these six guys who th- deserve to play every night.
0: No, I, it's true. You're absolutely right. And I don't think their intention is to send him back to juniors. I don't, uh, I I mean, don't think they so haven't either. really you know, played their hand one way or the other. We don't know for sure. But I don't think they want to send him back because they kind of did say that may do more harm than good. By sending him back. I,
1: I agree with him. It would do more harm
0: than good. So they, they're they going to have, like, if if they do have the fortunate situation where they stay healthy, they're going to have to either start rotating them in and maybe they will. I mean, look, again, it's, it's only eight games in. He's been out for the last few. It's fine. But, you know, we're going to have to see something here. He's going to have to get into the lineup. They're going to have to make some kind of decisions. And, you know, and, I don't know if anybody else is an option to sit other than Boychuk. Is it just Boychuk? Is Mayfield an option? I don't know. You know uh, they seem to like the the Tays Mayfield pairing, and I
1: think they like all the pairings right now is the problem. And you know th- I just think this the other the other issue is is that there's just too many players for too many roster spots. I mean that's really what it comes down to. You know there's a there's going to be a numbers crunch if Andrew Ladd comes back healthy and nobody else goes out. Sezikis is going to come back. Eberle is going to come back. Wallstrom has basically forced his way on the roster and is forcing them to make decisions. Right, They don't want to just let Del Cole go. You have Kuhn-Hakl it's, as a guy who you – I mean, look, you can make fun of Tom kuhn all you want, but he's a valuable guy to have around. He's a Barry guy loves put, him. You could put him online. He's utility man. I mean, he shouldn't be on the top line. There's no question. I don't think anybody has, will, will argue that point. But he's a guy who you could fit in anywhere for a short amount of time. If it's a longer, if it's a longer ride. Obviously, they thought with Wallstrom that it's a longer.
0: I'm going to time make frame. an obscure baseball reference for you here, Tony. He is the Islanders' Louis Soho. You remember Louis Soho? He was that utility guy uh, back it, in the day. I, I would, I would. That was went, back when I used to actually pay attention. To I would have went
1: with Joe McEwing, but that's I have that's no good. idea who that is. Well, that and that just goes <laughs> to show you what you know about baseball. So yeah, yes, he definitely is the Joe I don't McEwing. Where I pulled that one from? Me but. either, because I don't remember. I don't believe that you ever watched the Yankee game in your life.
0: <laughs> That's not true. I used to watch. I used to watch. You, but anyway, you, I, I there, there was that. a time. There a was a time. But I always remember he was the guy who came in and out of the lineup every now and then if they needed. It was kind of like, you know, like Kunakle. You know, a guy goes down they need a guy to fill in. Here comes Luis Soho. During the World Series, you <laughs> asked me
1: when the first down was. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's you're not just crazy. true.
0: Now you're just making <laughs> crap up. All right. All right. But anyway, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Forgive sorry. me, folks. Yes. Anyway. Forgive him. Yes. Yeah. for sure. Well, don't was forgive totally me. My fault. It's totally my fault. <laughs> So, anyway, Barry loves Kunakle, and I think and with uh, good, they like him as that thirteenth, fourteenth forward. And and, and, that's and exactly, no, what yes, he should none be. of them, none of us like him on the first line. I, you know, no, he you shouldn't can say why not this guy, why not that way, and and I, I agree with you, why not that guy? I, I, but for whatever reason, he likes to keep everything else where it is. And, he puts and they're winning, wherever so he
1: it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to you know d- to argue oh, with him at this Tony, point. But
0: don't you doubt the Islander fans, pal? They will find something. Oh, I'm, they will find something. I'm fully aware through that. a four-game winning streak. I, I had
1: seventy some odd people respond to the Josh Hosang number <laughs> debacle that I'm um, from Monday. <laughs> what did I call it? Up to uh, escapade. Yes, escapade. That's yes, right. Yes, that's because you sent r- me this <laughs> Janet Jackson thing. That's right. So <laughs> yeah, so I had seventy some odd people respond to that. So I, believe me. I'm fully aware of the capabilities of this fan base, so keep it up, guys. <laughs> Doing great, love it. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, and it's and it is just four games, but hey, I mean, everybody was ready to just drive the truck off the bridge you know, last week oh, when they were yeah. one and three. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, season was over. The 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 season, season was over. Season was over. Season was over.
1: Stop playing a game. Send everybody home. <laughs> it's 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 all over. It's done with.
0: Yeah, guys, you just well, got to remind Lama Lama us. Valamo
1: was terrible. Remember? Oh, send me Valamo. This is, this is going to be an albatross of a contract. Really? <laughs> really? After two games where, where it's an albatross? And of now he's looking pretty good, Conor, folks. With Conor, McDavid lit the, Conor McDavid's team that's lit up everybody, lit them up, and all of a sudden, uh, all, you know, the shit's hitting the fan. I mean, come on, guys. That's,
0: no, dude, give I know, it, I know oh, it's funny. Give it
1: the first month. I mean, if it it's
0: an 82-game season, and they've only played 80. Stop it there's stop a it. lot more stop. to go. No,
1: stop. You're making sense. Don't make do, Don't don't do <laughs> That's,
0: that. We try to do that on the show. We stop try it. to be a voice of reason here. Hopefully, we're doing a decent job. But yeah. Dude, <laughs> they got four wins right now. They might have four losses in a row sometime th- this season. And you know, I hope everybody, you know, still stays off the edge here. But they're in a good they're in a good spot right now. Just keep it going. They're finding their game. They're getting their game back for whatever reason they couldn't hit the ground running. We don't know why we thought they would. It hasn't happened. But they are making adjustments and there are improvements to to you know some of their weaknesses last season. And we're seeing it right now literally in spades with Matt Barzell shooting the damn puck. He's shooting the puck and it's going in. So hopefully this catches on. Hopefully this isn't just a, a flash in the pan week for Matt Barzell where he decides to shoot a couple times. Hopefully he's thinking that all the time now. Hopefully he's going in there and he's taking shots. I mean, look. He, he he's got a pass too because he does it beautifully. But just balance it out a little bit more because he's got a good shot. If his shot sucked, I'd say yeah, just just keep dishing, <laughs> do do your thing. But I mean, you see what happens when this guy shoot that that shot uh, on the power play it was a blast. Uh, the one with the one timer. Yeah, oh God, it was a yeah. great shot. It was what great about the shot. five
1: hole la- the five hole last night? That was crazy.
0: That was uh, yeah, he had like no angle.
1: No angle. He had a guy draped all over him, and he just fired it right in the the five hole. And it was perfect. No,
0: he's got to shoot. He's got to shoot. So hopefully he keeps that up and and you know especially with Everly out even if it isn't for much longer but you know they're going to have to find these goals somewhere so uh, just
1: just just the, the the madness of the beginning of the season i mean just look at last year with St. Louis they were in last place they were talking about dismantling the whole team they we won w- buddy, the
0: cup when we did the offside show last year we're for the about Toronto Bra- game that was Brady that Shen. was the end of december and we were talking about how they just put everybody on the market. Yeah. We're talking about Tarasenko,
1: Braden Shen. Now, granted, not
0: every team is going to have a dramatic turnaround like that. Usually when you're in the tank in December, January, you're, you're finished. You're in the tank. Yeah, yes. We're, it's yes. over. But they... they Look, no, they made but the coaching I, change for Ruby came in and they just flipped the switch and they were awesome. all. Bro,
1: everybody 90% of everybody who's anybody in the NHL of the in the know people either pick Dallas or San Jose or whatever any of these teams mm-hmm. to win the Stanley Cup, okay? Mm-hmm. San Jose is the second-to-last place in their division, and Dallas is 2-7-1 in their first 10.
0: How about what's going on in the swamp, pal? You had a bunch of people picking the Devils ahead of the Islanders going into this oh, yeah, year, and, and that, they, you want to talk about they, a t- dumpster fire right now. Oh, they have been. They just got their first win the other night. Yep. Oh, they
1: won two now. So
0: They got two now? Yeah, they got two now. Way so. to go, oh, guys. Good streak. for them. Yep, they're on a streak. <laughs> they're, on a streak. <laughs> they're on a streak. And cool. they probably will pull themselves out of that hole. I'm not saying they're going anywhere, f- going much further, but – you know, look, they started, what, first, they were oh four and 2 in their first six games? Two. Yeah. They were blowing three goal leads left and right. Bro, they had, what I would say last And week, everybody they had a minor praises 18. about getting Subban and, oh, and yeah, Gusev. And
1: I, I, yeah, what I tell you, 19, and and Gusev, honestly, has done, like, zero. He's got a couple goals. He's got a 3-1-4 th- in, in, what is it, eight games? I think he's got, like, 12 shots or something like that. He's, okay. He's not lighting it up like everyone All thought right. he was going to be. I mean, everyone thought he was going to be Pavel Burry coming over here. That's not what we've seen. Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, look—that's just the point I'm trying to make. It's just that you know everyone is 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 jumping, you know, like oh the season's over, it's over with. And I, I, but Pittsburgh lost two of their best players in the first week of the season, and they're six and three. I mean, uh, you know, I mean that's you know you, you just lose. you can't predict. You these can't know. You just and, you got to let it play out. You got to see who does what and who gets hot and who does whatever it is. And you know everyone's you know counting on is dead. And here they are, five and three. They're they're right where they're supposed to be. So
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean they are now they now have a better record this season at 8 games in than they had that last, last year, season. Whatever exactly. that means, you know what I mean? But the bottom line means is they have more points, they
1: have more wins this year than they did last year at
0: this time, just in case you were wondering. That checks out. That's true. That Thank you're right. You. You're right. But the Big, the point <laughs> the point is the point is is that it's an 82 game season and it, there's no reason to jump the gun on really anything this 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 early in the game. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know. I'm thinking of the topics we can go at right now. I mean, I was about to bring up Derek Broussard because he hasn't done much since. One since assist. In his, he has and one assist. I know you were talking highly of him last week. You were saying how his line was doing pretty well. But I think we expect a little more than one assist. yes. Eight but games into the season, I, I I I would like to say that I, I feel like
1: I feel the effect that he's had on Anthony Bavillier has been has been pretty good, and I'll tell you why. If you watch the last, if you still watch, has been awesome. Yes, he has. But if you watch the goal, if you watch the end of the game last night, uh, after the goal that, that Nelson scored, everybody came, everyone was celebrating with with Letty and with with Nelson. But if you see Broussard come off the bench, he's one of the first guys off the bench, and he went right to Bavillier. He waited uh, for Bavillier to join the play because he saw that Pavilier was the one that, that really kind of broke that play up and, and, and got the secondary chance. And he waited for him. If you watch the if you watch the video you could see it. Uh, and it's like you know, okay. it's I don't think it's any coincidence that Bevillier has elevated his play so far, you know, with the connection with, with And 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 really, honestly, I mean you know, I don't I like think this I don't take, think Tony, I like it. Is, Well, I, I think Broussard has been. I think Broussard is is. You know, he he's, he plays he play he plays smart. I don't think he's a liability out there. Would I like to see more from him offensively? Absolutely. I, we think we saw yeah. in preseason that he can provide more offense. I just think he needs to kind of find himself a little bit. But I I really honestly I would like to think and just by seeing that. I'd like to think that he's had some type of positive influence on Bavillian.
0: I like that take, Tony, and 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 if that's the case, then you know I'll I'll get off the guy's back a little bit more. I like it. I mm-hmm. mean, look, the, I mean, it, maybe it's it's a Leo Komarov kind of thing, right? Where hey, you know, there's a lot of reasons why he probably shouldn't be there, Uncle Leo, but he's
1: still there for other reasons. Uncle Leo's been great so far this year. I'm he's, sorry, you has been good. You can crucify me all you want. The guy's been good. Yeah, people don't want to hear that. Don't I know. Mean, no, of course not. <laughs> people don't want to hear that. You need a villain. They want to hear you the need old, a villain. He is the night king <laughs> of of. of you yeah, am I wrong? I, I don't watch
0: yeah. Game of Thrones, but I, no, I understand good, the Night Tony. King is really bad. So he, he he's a bad dude. Okay. Yes, he's he's not nice. I didn't want
1: to do like a Harry Potter thing. I figured I would throw the. the you, you did know, a great Game job, of Tony. Thanks,
0: buddy. Very good. You Thank should you should really watch that show, even though the, the uh, last been, season you've, was. You've been telling me that was games. less than stellar, but yeah. anyway, anyway. So speaking of adjustments, let's talk about the number three overall power play. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the power play. Jim boy. Hiller for president. Jim Hiller comes in. And again, it's still just eight games. But so far, they are 33.3% success. That's pretty damn good. Good for number three overall. And and now I am calling the league out on what I'm calling the great power play conspiracy. Because now ever since the Islanders have found their power play, they're not giving them any. Uh, Last five games, they've had one or fewer. That means one or zero. (laughs) Power plays over the last five games is four straight. Eric Hornick pointed out that this is the first time in team history that they went four games with one or less power plays in a row. So five games overall... I think I'm correcting myself here. But five games overall so far through the season, they've either had one or zero power plays, which is kind of... That's that's more than half the games they've played so far. Uh, is everybody it's, playing the Islanders that clean?
1: It's some streak of luck that they got going there, right? That's that's just... That's unbelievable. I right? Mean, you, you run into these teams, and all of a sudden, they just they stop taking penalties. That's
0: it's, it's very strange. Shut it's up. very strange. Now, obviously, Shut I don't up. believe this at all. But it is kind of funny. I don't believe it. Either, how how it they is, find their power play, and now the league's not giving them. Well, the refs are just pocketing the whistles. Well, listen, maybe
1: teams are coming in and saying, we don't want to play against these guys' power play. Let's let's try to keep it clean here."
0: I guess because you know it's funny. I looked at the listing of the top power plays, and you know you see. I think San Jose was up there at number one. Somebody else, and then you have the Islanders at number three. But then it's had opportunities, and and the Islanders have had like half. Of those top teams. You had like some teams with 24, some teams with 27. And there's the Islanders with 12. 12 power play opportunities. And that's all they've had now through eight games, which is not very much. Mm-hmm. And especially when you look at guys like Matt Barzell, who's famous for drawing penalties, he's doing it all the time with right. his with his footwork and his speed and stuff like that. So yeah, and, and I would think I'm sure that it's just a weird stretch of games, but it is kind of funny that they find their power play and now all of a sudden they're not getting any. Power and
1: Clutterbuck is usually really good at drawing penalties too. Sezicus has been out of the lineup. He's another guy who true, tends, to, tends to draw penalties. So yep. I mean, that could have a little something to do with it, especially since they've been out the last three or four games. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that it's something worth noting that, uh, that, you know, those guys are typically the ones. I mean, a should be doing it no matter what. But he's playing with a different center and and that line still isn't 100 percent, you know, right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, be interesting to see if they're able to get that that stuff straightened out once once Casey comes back. Because before he went out and I know that they're saying that the injury that he's that he's that he has is based upon that 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 hit that he took at the end of the preseason. So uh, I am wondering if the reason why that line has been off is because Casey has not been himself mm-hmm. but w- I guess we're going to find out when when he is uh, when he
0: is healthy and back in the lineup. And speaking of Casey Z, well I don't want to we talk about special teams. <laughs> I'll go to Casey's Z oh, no, Mar- no. in a little I, while. Yeah, I, But no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was correcting myself, Tony. I was about to go off on a Matt Martin t- tangent, but I want to keep it at uh, the power play right now. <laughs> okay, so power play is doing great, they're not getting a lot of opportunities. But hey, so far, full marks to Jim Hiller, he's making it very easy. Forget about Scott Gomez. We don't have to see any more fire Gomez tweets or fire Hiller tweets, at least for now. But again, just eight games that's that could end up regressing to the mean a little bit, but. Again, we, we said it going into this season. Anything better than what they were doing last year is a huge is an improvement difference cause they were their power play was awful last we year. We did see in the
1: playoffs that the power play was marginally better in the playoffs than it had been in the regular.
0: Absolutely, season. absolutely. That's, and that's think, very true. And, and, and I think that has, has a lot to do
1: with it. it t- Taves has a lot to do with it. And I also think that the the um, the comfortability of Barzal and even and even Everly before he went out, mm-hmm. you know, those were guys who had kind of struggled there, you know, to find their games last year at certain points during the season. And I think that had something to do with it as well. So, you know, look, it's 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 we talked about it. It's 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 hard to to try to, to play a completely different way than you've played your entire life. So um, to see the way that they have now I mean, look, Barzell is playing with all kinds of confidence right now. He's shooting the puck. He's, yeah. you know, working his edges. He's, you know, even at the even the first game or two this season, he, you know, he seemed a little timid. He, you know, lost the puck in a couple of different spots. So, mm-hmm. but you haven't seen any of that in the last few games. So, right. you know, he really he's like a man on a mission right now, and he just needs to continue to do what he's doing because three game
0: goal scoring streak. Yeah, he was he four got three, and three games. We well, got three goal, oh, four and three games, and then three in the last two. Right, so yeah, man, yeah, so good stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so good, the penalty kill. Seventy-three point seven percent, twenty-second overall. Talk about flipping the script. I mean, Bonilla
1: was 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 was
0: solid last year. Power probably was in the toilet. It wasn't great, reversion. but yeah, I'll give you solid, solid. It it's was solid. Solid. solid, But so far, not great this year. No bueno. Not great this year. It's nope. kind of it's concerning when they give up penalties now. Whereas in the past, I felt a little more confident that they would kill them. But you're seeing these power play goals coming in, and and, and they're hurting this team a little bit. So that's something that they got to shore up. It just you know can't they just have everything going? well at once, Tony. Is that too much to ask? I,
1: I I think we can give him a few more games. Are you to, sure? Yeah. I think we should give him <laughs> okay. let's let's give him like another Okay. another five or ten or thirty games until we start making
0: And a, you mentioned Suzekus being out. That certainly plays a part in yes. the penalty kill struggles. And does. you know, I mean he's he's a go to guy.
1: And Val, you lose Val, so that's a that's a valuable penalty killer yeah, right there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah and you know it's
0: Comrade was out last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't really come into play last night so much, but just overall, you know, you have a guy like Sazikas out, and that's going to hurt your penalty. Yeah, kill. and Uncle Leo's out. And he's he's a big penalty killer again. You know, we don't
1: want to <laughs> piss off the the Leo
0: haters, but <laughs> you, you just got to call it like you see it, Tony. Yeah, it is what it is.
1: All right, so Leo should just run. you know, Leo should run for uh, whatever. Kate Murray's running for some kind of office. They should just, Leo should run and then you know for against her, and then he would just be the the hero of of the country. Wow. Okay, that that
0: think came out that. of left field, but yeah, sure. Why, yeah, why not? Think about it. That sure. would be a good thing. For him. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Well, maybe you'll consider it after you listen to the show. Could be. So let's let's now talk about Matt Martin. I want to bring him up before because mm-hmm. he has been in the press box a couple times. So I want to get yes. your thoughts on that and the the possible. You know, maybe it just has to do with S- Zeke's being hurt. But is this Barry Schatz potentially waving goodbye to that famed fourth line that everybody's come to love? <sighs> I don't know if it's I think
1: that's a little bit premature. I think that I think that what happened was he, he wanted to shake it up a little bit. I think he wanted to show every show that line that he wasn't happy with what was going on. And then I think Johnson came in and played well. And I think that he just was forced to keep him in the lineup for a couple of games. You saw Matt he was out there yesterday. Um I mean, look, I, I again, I, I think that that line has just been disjointed. I think it has to do with the fact that Casey hasn't been right. They were fine in the preseason. We all well, saw look, them play. Well,
0: Zekas is obviously the main cog he, in and, that line. Yeah, exactly,
1: and he's the guy who kind of makes the whole thing go. I mean, you know, those guys can run around and smash people because Casey is back there and, and positioning himself and doing the things that he needs to do. Right. So if he's not himself and those guys are looking over their shoulder, they, cannot, they can't play the game the way that they, they usually play it. I would probably say that once Casey's back healthy, you give him five or ten games, see where they're at. But I mean, look, they they haven't looked good in the beginning, in the first part of the season. And you know, as as someone who absolutely loves that line and has loved it since they that it was, it was, sure. uh, you know, from the Jack Capuano days, I would love for them to find themselves and continue to be the the, the, the you know the the dominating energy line that they have been, and that to the point where other teams have tried to. Um, Emulate this 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 line and try to put together their own, you know, greatest fourth line in hockey. Is in the <laughs> words of the great Don Cherry. Right. So I mean, but I mean, really, it, it comes down to I think everyone's got to be healthy. Put them out there together and see if there is something there. If there's not, you know, they yeah, there could be possibly, there could possibly be changes there. Uh, listen, Matt's in the last year of his contract, and yeah. you know, I mean, he puts a punishing. On his on his body, he really does. Oh yeah. So I mean, how long and Clutterbuck, too. I mean, look look at the surgery he had last year. That's that's no joke what he had. <laughs> no, so it's crazy you know, what it, he had. And the fact that and he's he he's just ready out there, there training, doing his thing. It's yeah.
0: unbelievable.
1: So yeah, he feels good now. So but you know, look, these guys have really uh, put their bodies through a lot of it. So you know, through you know, through a lot of uh, you know, uh, I don't know to say damage, but they they've you know, oh, they got a lot of mileage. Uh, you know, for for the young ages that they are. So. You know, you gotta have to, you know, see if if they can be as effective as they've been in the past, or you know, maybe they're gonna require more rest, or you know, who knows?
0: Who knows? I just found it interesting though that he he did get out, like you said, he was he was back in last night, and I wonder if there is gonna be some kind of rotation here with the forwards, and it could be maybe they'll just, go on a game by game basis. I think Johnson just, just played well. Zekas. Yeah,
1: I think Johnson just yeah. played well, but I, I mean, you really. It's going to come down to that roster crunch, like I said. You got you got to have three guys coming back, and you are going to have spot, five spots
0: for them. So it's it's someone's a good Robin. problem to have, but it is going to come with some pr- pretty difficult decisions if and when the team is at full health. I mean, someone's again, going. I think they have to. There is just there is literally not enough room for all these guys. Somebody's going. I just we just don't know who that is. No, and going. everybody's clamoring for a deal, and I get it. And people are already. It's the only thing people that have really, already turned on Lamarillo. Like people are already. That's,
1: that's, just, <laughs> that's just silly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, true that's though. That's just silly. It's true though. oh, he hasn't done anything since he got here. Okay, yeah, I, I'll give him credit for hiring Barry Trots, but what else has he done? And literally, yeah, I guess not much else that we can see. But, but you know, that's well, but you that's know what? Here is here is exactly
1: a, that's not exactly true though because I mean, look at the guys he said he he signed Robin Leonard last year. He made the decision that they were gonna move on from Robin Leonard. I mean, this is goaltending has been a perpetual problem since two thousand and one on uh, on Long Island. And he's he's signed number one goaltenders two years in a row. I mean right. we couldn't do that for twenty years. I know,
0: Tony, and it's so funny how quickly things like that have just are just being taken Forgotten. for granted now. Forgotten. Like even just keeping Eberly Lee Yeah and Nelson. That you know, we we saw the, two the parade guys, out the door not uh, too long ago when he those... had leave, Nielsen leave. I mean, whether you wanted them to stay or not, mm-hmm. these are guys that, you know, they they were in the, at the time, they were in the prime of their careers.
1: And two of those guys are on below market deals.
0: The fact that they they actually got Everly to sign for less money than he was already making is <laughs> pretty amazing. That's what I'm saying. I did not see that coming.
1: And how about the fact that he he made two first round picks, his first draft, right? Both of them are in the NHL now.
0: Right. Right. But and but you can take credit away from there because he said that he used Garth Scouts. He used the previous guy. Still made his own picks. He still made his own picks. That's fine, but but you know, I have to come to the defense of this guy because, you know, maybe there's not a lot that we're seeing out front in the form of free agent signings and trades yet. Okay? But I am sure as shit that there's plenty of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes that none of us know about that has changed the way this franchise is operating. So even There's if you're no not seeing trades out there, no I am question. sure that this team, this franchise went from semi-professional under the last regime to full-throttle potential under Lula Lamarillo because he's a no-nonsense guy. I mean, say what you want about the the shaved faces and the haircuts and stuff like that. I understand some people like it, some people don't. But the guy is all about business. So even if he hasn't made that trade that you want yet, and I think he eventually will. I'm sure the phone is open every day, and he just hasn't gotten one yet. But anyway, the guy's done, I'm sure, a ton of things behind the scenes that we're never going to hear about.
1: Bro, do you, think it's, do you think it's by just a coincidence that all of a sudden that the NHL is now all for the Islanders playing games at, N- at Nassau Coliseum? Do you think that that's just by by just by some some crazy coincidence like the stars align that Gary Bettman now has going to complete 180 on his the that the, the Nassau Coliseum is not a major league arena now they're playing 28 games there this year? They played the first round of the playoffs there last year. Do you think that that has – you don't think that Lou has any influence on that whatsoever? That's a great point. It's, the, people are overlooking – he's in every single meeting when it has to do with the building, when it has to do with the NHL and what's going on with the and, and scheduling. He's got a lot of clout on 6th Avenue. Th- these things that are happening, all of these, these great things that everyone is so thrilled about, I guarantee you Lou's got his hand on every single one of them. Without a doubt. Every single one. Right. So please say whatever you want about Lou Lamarillo. You have no idea what this guy has done. But let me tell you, there's not an aspect of this team down to the type of napkins that they use <laughs> at, the pr- right. at the postgame meal that this guy doesn't have his hands on. He does it all. So whatever happens on this team, you have to look at him. So if it's good, bad, or indifferent, Lou is in charge of everything. He's right. got his hands everywhere. Yeah,
0: and and unfortunately, he loses a little bit of credit because people aren't thinking about that and they're not seeing them. Well, because this, it's not, this, you know,
1: this team. Honestly, let's 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 be honest here. Let's be let's be a little honest. Okay, this team has been run like a Mickey Mouse organization for a, quite a long time. So the fact that he has come in and changed the perception of the entire organization in eighteen months. Eh, I mean that's pretty impressive right then and there, let alone all this other stuff. The, you have to if just go back and listen to Gary Bettman two years when remember they played the at that preseason game at the Coliseum and fans were dying for them to play a regular season game there? And what did he say? Basically said, uh uh-uh, uh. No. <laughs> right. No, not at all. Right. Then now all of a sudden last year twenty games, now twenty eight? Come right. on. Come on, people. Really? Right. Who do you think's in charge of that? That's John Ledecki couldn't have couldn't convince him two years ago, but now all of a sudden he can?
0: Yeah, it's it's this is Lou, right? Right. Well, you know, I, that's just I guess it's not enough for people. And, and and I get the argument. I'm not saying, you know, that means he he shouldn't be held held accountable. No, for not he has deals. No, and not absolutely. The team. I completely get that. And he should. And look, we all wanted to see a deal coming into into the season. We talked about it, you know, in the pregame in the preseason show, you know, saying how we wanted to see him swing swing something for a top six forward. Of no course, he couldn't get Panarin. There was no deal. So, yeah, no, it's it's on him. But. I, I have a feeling eventually something like that's going to come, and we may see it sooner than later because yeah. of this roster crunch that seems to be coming around the corner.
1: Something is going to happen at some point or another. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And but it, you, it, It's really, honestly, it is really hard to argue with anything that he's done to this point. Think of it. 103 points last year. I don't give a shit whether you say one way or the other. <laughs> Think of it this way. You could say whatever you want. They overachieved. They did, you know, wh- whatever. You could say whatever you want. Okay, they had a hundred and three points last year. They steamrolled the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, they had they steamrolled them so much that they actually shot themselves in the foot and then <laughs> took the <laughs> took the wind out of their sails for the second yes, round yeah. of the series. Then he goes into free agency. He he hits a home run in the draft the year before. Everybody says the same thing. He had a home run in the draft with, with his first his first year. Then he comes into this summer, re-signs all of his free agents except one, which is the, the only one that we can uh, allow to, you know, to, to go. Doesn't re-sign Leonard, but I, I think that was more of his choice. Brings Verlamov right. back in. He they, they continue to hire. You know, they they let Scott Gomez go. They they bring Jim Hiller in. The, uh, uh, is there any? He hires he hires Trotz. He Trotz hires his whole staff. They they end up. Bringing corn over, which I don't even know how that was possible. He was so thrilled with, with, with the job he had in Washington. Look right. at all of the things. And then now, right. again, this well. year, 28 games at the Coliseum. There is,
0: you, can't, you cannot <laughs> and, bash this and man. And Belmont's happening. And Belmont is happening. And I'm happening. not saying Lou Lamarillo deserves all the credit N- for No, that. but he but is definitely involved.
1: involved in all of these things. <laughs> right. So,
0: guys. No, things are pretty good right now. Leave the guy alone. <laughs> things are
1: pretty good. Leave him. Let the man work. Let him work. Yeah. This is not Garth Snow. Well, okay. Look, everybody loves
0: the team. They want to see him win. They want to see that score. I, I get Garth. it. I want
1: to uh, thank Garth for listening also, by the way. Oh just, God. Just, uh, you know, <laughs> Who knows what that guy's doing? I, I have no idea, but I just figured uh, anyway. I'd throw that out well, there.
0: Well, look, man, we just pretty much ran 60 minutes here. we got to take a break because Arthur Staples about to join us. So, folks, thanks a lot for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. When we get back... Arthur Staple from The Athletic will be with us. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York at HockeyNightNY.com, the premier live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large from our studios right here on Long Island, hosted by Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stabile. Tune in weekly during the season Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time for insights on the team, great special guests, and commentary on all the happenings around the league. If you happen to miss us live, all shows can be streamed or downloaded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at the same address, HockeyNightNY.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can subscribe and never miss a show, no matter what your preferred platform. Question for the guys? Comments? Interested in the sponsorship? Please contact us at HockeyNightNewYork at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. We appreciate all the support, and as always, let's go Islanders. Hello. Love repping your favorite Long Island hockey team? Can't get enough orange and blue swag? Look no further than Yes Men Outfitters, the independent lifestyle brand born on the island to support the game, the team, and the players you love. Visit YesMenOutfitters.com for a wide selection of themed shirts, hats, hoodies, and yes, even pajamas. All apparel is designed and created in house with the same passion and dedication as your favorite team on the ice. So upgrade your wardrobe and show off your pride today by visiting yesmenoutfitters.com. And don't forget to use promo hey, Arthur, code NY doing, for 10% off your order. That's yesmenoutfitters.com.
2: Good to be here, guys. How's everything going?
0: Everything is going well. Appreciate your time. Let's talk about the Islanders and their four-game winning streak. Uh, They were out of the gate a little slow at 1-3, and but now all of a sudden they're putting wins together. So let's just start there generally. And What are you seeing out of this team where they were able to turn around and now suddenly they're on this four-game winning streak?
2: Well, there's a couple of things. I think uh, their commitment to defense uh, is starting to get back to where it was when they were operating at, at full strength last season. I, you know, I think uh, there's definitely been some stretches in these games: first period in Winnipeg, second period, third period in Columbus, where you you know you're kind of keeping your fingers crossed that they're going to be able to keep the puck out of their net. But um, but they're finding ways to win, and uh, you know, overtime shootout. Whatever it's been, uh, they've been able to do it, and that was really, I think, their main hallmark last season is that however the game went, they were able to win it, uh, you know, one more goal than the other guys, and that's, you know, leave aside all the other philosophies that Barry Trotz has. I think that's his main one, and uh, that's really what they've gotten back to this last week or so.
1: No question, Arthur. And uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the continued great goaltending that they have gotten. I think that Semyon Varlamov has really kind of settled into a, a spot. Thomas Grice hasn't missed a beat. I mean, talk just about, about how the fact that these guys have basically not missed a beat and they've they've just continued what what was been a strength of this team from last year.
2: It is pretty interesting to see. Um, you know, it took a little while last season, probably a little bit longer than now for – Robin Leonard and for Grice to really incorporate what Mitch Korn and Pierre Greco were trying to, to, you know, include in their game, you know, and that's natural for a couple of veteran goalies. And you figured it would be the same sort of learning curve for Varlamov coming in. And he admitted as such. And certainly when he got pulled in the Edmonton game, you were thinking, uh, you know, how long is it going to take for this guy? But really, you know, right after that, he, he put in a, turned in a really good performance against Florida to win that one in a shootout. And he was uh, the main reason that they won in Winnipeg. Obviously, Matthew Barzell had a good game to score a couple of goals. But that first period, to be able to get out of that down only one uh, with the performance Barlamov had and the lack of performance from his teammates, um, I think that, that gave him a big boost of confidence, probably gave the team a big boost of confidence. I would imagine they don't want to let that happen again. But um, but knowing he's back there and, and playing up to the same level that Grice is and playing up to the same level that the two guys did last season is... Uh, it's amazing, you know. I think, uh, like I said, I think they've gotten to that that point a little bit faster than than Leonard and Grice did last year. And uh, you know, I don't think even the eight games in last year they were quite uh, they were quite as tight as they were in goal and in defense. So uh, this is definitely a little bit better step in the right direction so far this year.
1: Yeah, I remember they went into Nashville last year and they just they got housed in that game in Nashville and and I, re, I remember thinking to myself like is, is this thing not, is this thing not gonna not gonna work out so they haven't really had a game like that other than the Edmonton game but it seems that they're just steamrolling over everybody that they've been playing so far. Uh, I also want to talk about Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, he came, you know, he's come up. Uh, he's been real impressive. He hasn't scored yet, but he's just been impressive in, in everything that he does. Just talk about a little bit about what you've seen from him and you know how he is, you know showing the coaching staff, you know, what this kid can do?
2: You know, I think the biggest thing that he's brought um, has just been that that kind of straight ahead, you know, he's a physical guy. He gets the puck and he's got one thought when he gets it. He's like, I'm going to get that puck in the net somehow. And it's, it hasn't happened yet, but he's certainly not for lack of trying. And that, you know, you sometimes see some guys come up, they get a little too cute, a little too deferential to their veteran teammates. This kid is, you know, he knows why he's here and he's trying to make it happen. And I think that's the thing that will keep him around uh, longer for when the injured guys come back, if that's going to happen is he obviously has to produce, you know, he's got to put, he's got to score some goals and and make some of these chances count. But, but these guys, this team does not have a lot of forwards that can create their own opportunities. And he is definitely one of them. And you could see it right off the bat uh, last week against the blues. He had no fear. He was intimidated by someone at all and it's definitely carried on you know I think he's he's like a lot of young guys uh you know there's some things to learn away from the puck positionally um and that may end up being uh, ultimately the reason that he gets sent down when Jordan Eberle is back healthy but that's not necessarily right around the corner so I think he's going to get at least a couple more cracks at playing and and uh making an impact and trying to get that first goal but but that's the thing you notice the most is that when he gets the puck he's got one idea with it and that uh that just isn't uh, a common thing among this forward group so uh, it's definitely been something that they've needed
0: without a doubt Arthur and, and I guess with Everly coming back somewhat soon in mind do you think that he's made a good enough case to make you know force the team into making a really hard decision and keeping him around do you think he's made enough a case to to play for this team long term
2: um right now I would say no just because <clears throat> you know they they're not giving up a lot of goals but they are giving up a lot of chances and I think you know, there maybe there was a thought that a guy like Michael Dalcall that it would kind of be between those two guys about who would play and who would sit out, or if they had to put send someone down. Um, you know, maybe they'd risk putting Dalcall on waivers or, or making a move there. Um, but I think Dalcall, you see the way that he's played with Anthony Bovellia and Brock Nelson on, on a second line that's really been their main checking line with with Casey Zizekas out you know, Doug Hall, it's the reason that he won the spot at a training camp with a pretty eh training camp is that this is a guy who pays very close attention to, to his positioning and, and to the defensive side of things. He's not maybe the most dynamic scorer, but um, but I think that's the thing that, that might tip the scales right now. And really, you know, Wallstrom is the only guy among these forwards who's who doesn't need waivers to go back down. So that's always a big factor. And uh, all things being equal, you don't you don't want to juggle things too much and risk losing somebody, especially on a team that's that's got a pretty tight knit group and uh, a lot of guys that have been together for a long time. So I would say unless we see, you know, some big production from Walsham, I would guess he'll probably go back down. But I don't know that it's going to be for very long. This is a guy who's uh, definitely already showing that he belongs and uh, is going to be back sooner than later if he does go back.
1: Well, there's another first-round pick from that same draft that uh, has been sitting in the press box for the last few, and uh, he's having a hard time getting back in the lineup, and that's Noah Dobson. And it's not because of his play; it's because the guys in front of him are all regular NHL defensemen. Um, this is a this is a kind of a situation that they have with this kid because they can only send him back to junior. Uh, he obviously has shown that he can play in the NHL, um, but the Islanders have healthy six regular defensemen and another one sitting in Bridgeport and Thomas Hickey. So, I mean, how do you see this coming about? I mean, do you, do you think that maybe there's, there's a move to be made here with some guys coming back or, you know, to get him back in a lineup? Or is there a, a possibility that he does go back to junior?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, you have to have all your options on the table. But I, I can't see him going back because, you know, they need Thomas Hickey to come back up he's hurt right now down in Bridgeport. Um, he's kind of had a strange start to the year. He took that big hit in the first game down in the AHL and left that game and then left with another injury, you know, a game or two later and hasn't played this past weekend. So uh, there's no real obvious candidate to be the seventh defenseman up and up at the uh, NHL level outside of Hickey. Um, and Dobson really shouldn't be a seventh defenseman. It's You know, I think, no one's going to come right out and say it, but I would imagine that it's, it's, you know, Lula Lamarillo was concerned with his development being back in junior playing 30 or 35 minutes a night as uh, clearly the best defenseman in the Quebec league, but playing zero minutes a night, isn't going to help you develop either. That's for sure. So right, right, right. Um, as as much practice time as he's getting and all those NHL reps that guys like to talk about, he's got to play. And you know the Islanders' defense has been good. I think the guy that's the obvious choice uh, and did sit out a game for him was Johnny Boychuk, but Johnny's been pretty good these last few games. I think uh, I think you need to start looking at some other people uh, if you're going to get him in the lineup. I think Scott Mayfield's had a bit of a struggle the last couple of games. Maybe that's a spot where he can go in on, on his right side. He played a little bit with Devon Taves in, in the two games that he played. Nick Letty's been good, but you know I think good is good may not be good enough if you got a kid like that sitting out. So it's Maybe not not shouldn't be seen as waiting for someone to falter more as you have to get this kid in and see what you've got in him uh, and get him some regular playing time you know and if it's at the cost of someone who's been good and has been a loyal soldier for a long time then so be it that's the situation that they're in that's the way the NHL works these days um, but yeah it's uh, you know I think <clears throat> at least these next two games coming up later next week you really need to see Dobson play in at least one of them. And if he doesn't, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a curious decision by management and the coaching staff.
1: Yeah. And it's going to set off, uh, it's going to set up, a, you know, some, some alarms there. Also the fact that he's been sitting as long as he has. And, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that it's good for, you know, for him to be sitting like you were saying, but, uh, uh, another thing that we were talking about right before we came, you came on is, uh, has been the special teams that seems that the the script has been flipped here where the power play has been fantastic and the, the penalty kill has been subpar at this point. Is that more the fact that Casey's been out of the lineup and, uh, you know, or is it, is it, is it a, is it a more of a bigger problem that, uh, Val Filpula is not around who was pretty, pretty much their number one penalty killer last year?
2: I mean, I think it hurts to have Casey gone. Um, you know, it's hard to really say that. I've given up, I think it's been four four or five power play goals. Um, you know, the one in Winnipeg, I think that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, of the same piece as the five-on-five five play in that first period. Winnipeg was just, uh, you know, really, really geared up for that first period and the Islanders were on their heels. And, um, you know, I think <clears throat> it's more been a, a little bit of kind of settling in. I think their penalty kill was was certainly good enough last year it was never great um and i think it had some stretches like this power play has been good i think the the frustrating part is that they just haven't gotten any chances you know i think they're last in the league with only 12 power plays so far and they've converted four of them which is uh an impressive rate and that's you know that has them in the top 5 of the league but it's it's almost not enough to make an impact and i think there's definitely some frustration growing you know, I think you saw in that Winnipeg game before Barzal got going uh, on that, the one power play they did get, uh, got a couple sticks to the face with no call. And, you know, it's, uh, I think that part has been a little bit tough for them to swallow. And, and, you know, you don't want to let the frustrations boil over and get a reputation for some, you know, being a team that talks too much to the, to the officials. And um, so I think they just have to be patient and wait for their chances. It It, it has been good. And I think Jim Hiller's presence and, and Barry Trotz is, is, you know, kind of learning from last year that uh, they had one unit that wasn't very good uh, with Barzell on it and took up a lot of the time on the, on the power play that they got uh, and trying to make it a little bit more egalitarian this year. And really, it's been the other unit without Barzell that's been the one that's operating great. And now with Barzell in, in Jordan Everly's really spot on that other unit with Taves at the point, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, that one really has some good chemistry going, moving the puck well, winning faceoffs. offs um, Caves, you know, is a good power play quarterback. Um, so I think we'll see a little bit more of that with Eberle out, and maybe when Eberle comes back, there'll be some some changes to it because, uh, you know, 12 power plays in eight games, just isn't enough time to really, tune, you know, fine-tune it the way that they want it to be, even with all the success they've had.
0: Right, no question about it, and and one guy who you'd be expecting to have a couple more points on the board, maybe by way of the power play, is Ryan Pullock. I mean, you're eight, eight games in here, he's only got one assist on the season. What do you make of his play so far, and maybe uh, the lack of production on the score sheet thus far?
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, I think it has a lot to do with the assignments that him and Adam Pellick have been getting. You know, they've played some teams with some really high-powered top lines. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit like the playoffs last year, where they Their focus really has been on defending and, uh, you know, I think you look at, at their underlying numbers, whether it's, you know, shots on goal for and against when they're on the ice or shot attempts, uh, they're really underwater, you know, close to 40%, which is, uh, which is, which are pretty bad numbers for guys that play that many minutes. So I think they're just trying to handle the load. Um, they're out there a lot, you know, Barry Trotz tried to make that pair the number one pair at the beginning of last year. And it was already broken up by this time last year and, and, you know, kind of put on hold for a few months. Um, I don't think he's going to do that this year. I think he likes what they're bringing, but, but it's, uh, it's a challenge. And you are playing 22, 23 minutes a night, um, really trying to withstand the Connor McDavid's of the world. And, uh, you know the Vladimir Tarasenko's and and a couple games of Winnipeg's top line. Um, you know keeping the puck out of the is, is first and foremost on this Islander team. So that's really, you know, trying to incorporate both ends of the ice into their game takes a little bit of time. And uh, you know I think Pollock is uh, you know he'll he'll definitely get his offense going at some point. But uh, but I think the focus for now is is trying to be good defensively, and uh, it takes a little bit longer to to incorporate the rest of it.
1: Uh, last one for me, Arthur, is uh, we saw today that the analyst tweeted out that uh, Andrew Ladd has now gone from a non-contact to a contact jersey. That means that he is now officially working his way back into the lineup. Uh, they, we heard Lou say that he will not play till he's 100% healthy. Uh, I don't know if Andrew Ladd will ever be 100% healthy, but that's, the, I guess, to we're going to find that out. But with Ladd coming back at some point and this roster crunch, as we talked about before, uh, do you see any kind of change, um, meaning like uh, maybe Lou looks to to make a move, or you know to get out from out underneath of some, you know, all of these numbers, and without trying to pass someone through waivers, or is just kind of like you know just going to start you know moving some players around and, and bringing these guys back?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Ladd's return is that imminent. I mean, putting the regular jersey on is good. He can he can start to you know be a little bit more physical in practice if need be. But I, I think he's still at least a month away. You know, he's going to have a couple weeks of practices. This is really, uh, you know, this is a good stretch of practice time this week. So it's probably good timing to be able to be a little bit more involved. But, um, you know, I think after a couple weeks of that, he's going to definitely need a conditioning stint to play some games in Bridgeport. That might be a week or two. Um, and I don't think there's any, any incentive to rush him back. Maybe he feels like he wants to, shorten that timeline uh, that, that Lou gave out. But I think they're being very careful with him. And they've said that all along, that they're being very careful with him. And I think not only for his health, and since, since he had such a rough year with his knees last year, but also, you know, they they don't really have a reason to bring him back and kind of create that log jam like you were talking about and, and force themselves to either put a Tom Kunako or Ross Johnston on waivers or make a move with Michael Dalcol or try to make a trade uh, somewhere. You know, it's uh, it, it's not really a roster that's filled with guys that, that teams are going to be dying to get. Um, and, you know, I think for Ladd in particular, he's a guy that, you know, if he's healthy, uh, the only place he's playing is is here because, uh, because of that big contract. So um, I think they're going to be pretty slow and steady with him. And, and I would say, thanksgiving right around there is probably the the target time and and between now and then you know they've already got two regular forwards out tom kunak missed practice today he looked like he got a little banged up you never know what's going to happen with him so uh to project out a month from now uh is a little premature but uh probably a good sign for lad that that he is getting back healthier and and uh you know as i said a few times the few games that he did play last year he was he was effective he is he is a Barry Trotz type player. He's not an elite scorer anymore, um, but he is a strong positional guy. He has a little bit plays with a little bit of an edge and and he can still put the puck in the net. So, you know, if they have a need for a third line player, um, they don't right now, but if they do a month from now, he might be able to fill the bill.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, Arthur. And last thing before we let you go, you've uh, you've taken up a new mantle yourself. We wanted to congratulate you on the new podcast, No Sleep Till Belmont. <laughs> with uh mark parish uh maybe just talk a little bit about lap- that before we uh before we let you go and how that experience has been so far
2: well being on shows like yours has helped me uh figure all this uh this radio podcasting thing out definitely was not my uh not my forte when i first started so um the, the fact that you guys can put a show together every week like this two hours is uh, is always impressive to me and now uh now that we're doing it it's uh it's been fun and and having mark along was. uh it was a huge break that we were able to, to get him to sign on. And, um, you know, I think some of the episodes where he's sharing some of his stories, whether it's about, uh, we did one, you know, looking back at the Leafs series from the 2002 playoffs or just, uh, you know, fans asking questions about teammates of his, uh, it's invaluable to have that, uh, that insight and that history for him. Um, and it really helps me because that was before my time on the Islander beat. And I was, wasn't a huge Islander fan growing up. So, um the connection, the connection to Mark is, uh, I think, it, it's, it makes the show really what it is. So it's it's been fun so far, and, uh, you know, we've got some other fun things lined up for the rest of the season. But, uh, it, you know, for the most part, we just kind of wing it from week to week, and so far, so good.
0: Excellent. Great stuff, Arthur. Well, definitely best of luck with that, and we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we look forward to having you on again
2: down the road. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Take, Take care.
0: All right, folks, that was Arthur Staple from The Athletic. And if you haven't already checked it out, he has the brand-new podcast, No Sleep Till Belmont, with the one and only Mark Parrish. Definitely check that out. Some awesome stories from Mark Parrish, as Arthur has said. And, you know, and you have Parrish. He's already had a little bit of experience with MSG, the NHL Network. So, you know, he's he's, he's character natural too. already. Oh, he's, yeah, he's a character. Guy. He's, he's a character. Guy. absolutely I tell
1: you about the time that he uh... – <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy. I to do it. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, it's, I, no, I no, I I think I told you a story when he uh, in Minnesota when he uh he got on and he was uh he calls himself uh the the fifth guitarist of uh of of Nickelback?
0: Oh, I think he did tell me yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, if if that's if he wants to be that you go right ahead. Bless, bless your. Heart. I give him a
1: lot of credit because <laughs> he played a hard song and he he did a He did an outstanding job. I saw the video of it. So, and oh, I, actually, yeah. I actually tweet tweeted him about it. He was he He's like dying to talk about it. So, <laughs> I would love to get him on the show and talk to him about that.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? I guess we can we can find a way to wedge Nickel back into the show if it if it brings Mark Parrish it on would, the show. I guess would, I'd be okay with it that. It would put
1: a spring in my step, my friend. <laughs> it would put a spring in my step.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, great stuff from Arthur, and I guess. You know, I guess maybe you know you jumped the gun a little bit with this whole Andrew, Andrew Lad thing. If he is still a month away, but I mean, he makes a good point. I mean, why why rush the guy when they're winning without well, him? Well, I mean, and Lou, they, they pretty much won without him last year too, right?
1: And Lou, I mean, Lou basically said that he said when he said when 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 a general manager comes out and says we are not going to let a guy play till he is one hundred percent healthy, what hockey player that you know is one hundred percent healthy all the time? <laughs> it never, it never happens. So. Uh, it'll be interesting thing to see. I mean, it it is it is noteworthy because he is progressing. Um, you know, being out of the non-contact jersey means that yes, this is ramping up, and he is going to ramp. Uh, you know what he's what he's doing up, but you know what it's going to come down to at this point is is that. You know, is he going to be able to sustain? Look, if he gets into AHL games, this this guy got hurt. He only five games he played last year. Six? I don't, I don't remember. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I don't even remember the games it he played. It wasn't really in. memorable. Let's be honest. No, I know, I know. And and it's funny for for you know Arthur says that he he was effective, and you no, heard he Barry, and you heard Barry say that. So you know, like he that's no, that's, he has a role on this team. Like, yeah.
0: it, when he gets healthy, they're going to play him. It's yeah, just well, a matter if he makes
1: of half, five and $5.5 dollars. he yeah, has, they, has to play. Yeah, he to I mean, yeah, play.
0: But but <laughs> yeah he's got fly anyway. yeah, yeah. but they're gonna have to figure out a way to solve this logjam that we were talking about yeah. if, if everybody is healthy I mean you don't want anybody to be hurt, but obviously your problem is solved if somebody goes down of course mm-hmm. but it's just it, look I'm just glad it's not my job because I, I, I don't know what to do right. with all those guys mm-hmm. you know like you said he makes five and a half million you're not dealing him anywhere so he he's, can't. You and can't. and he is good enough to play on an NHL roster. It's not like they're they're going to be trying to wedge this guy who who has no business being on the team. Right. It's just he's been such like an outsider ever since he signed this contract because he can't stay healthy. Right. And right. it's just tough that to see The first year
1: was so hard for him. I mean, it was just he just he kind of just his offense just fell off a cliff that first year and he never could get healthy, and I, I don't know if it, I don't know how it was. It's, you know, I remember when they, he was playing, and then remember they pulled him out of the lineup, and they said he they we're not playing him till he's one hundred. You know, again till he's one hundred percent healthy, and right. But his back was screwed up, and uh, I don't know. It's it's been it's been a rough go for it's, Andrew Luck. It's
0: been a total rough go. It, it, to the point where you know we, we refer to him as the forgotten man because it's just he is a forgotten. He, man. He's just, he's just never he's never healthy. I actually
1: I I, I you know it's funny the other day when he when he gave Wallstrom the twenty six. I am like, oh, why?
0: Didn't Give him sixteen and I'm like, oh, that's Lads' number. That's isn't? hilarious. Yeah, I really did. I'm like, why wouldn't
1: he give him sixteen? Oh, it's yeah, true it's though, because that's Angel. It's Latton. true.
0: You have this guy, you know, who, who's taking up this roster spot and five and a half million salary, and, and you barely know who the guy is because he's yeah. he's never in the lineup, right, you know, and right. and he was he's. Excuse me. He he's had some great years. I mean, he's he's been a very good player in this league. Unfortunately, he won
1: multiple Stanley. Uh, do he won multiple when Carolina, Carolina, Chicago, man, I mean, in Chicago. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's won multiple Stanley Cups. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's had a very good career, and he's a good guy to have around. He's, he's generally considered he was, he was a great locker room guy. Yep. Yeah. You, know? you know. Yeah. I mean, no. He's, he's I'm sure, and I'm sure he's a
0: great locker room guy. He he may not. Ever live up to that five and a half million dollar no, contract? No, I, I,
1: I think that's pretty much set in stone. Right, right. I'm trying. Unless to, he trying can, to be nice. I mean, <laughs> un, I mean, in all honesty, unless he scores the game winning goal in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, I think that's a pretty safe bet that that's, that's worth $5.5 and and mil.
0: Yeah, that would be
1: <laughs> That'd be worth the entire contract. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. all the surgeries
1: he's had. And right, yeah. And the, pi- the pictures of him held and all the fish but and anyway, all that stuff. But, so.
0: but what I'm trying to get at here, here, even though he may not live up to that contract, he can fill a role on this team. He can be effective. He's, if, if you're expecting top six, you know, 25-plus goal seasons out no, of him. I think
1: those days are past. Those
0: days might be over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wouldn't mind. Look, maybe you don't want to be paying him as much as you are, but I don't mind having Andrew Ladd as my third line left wing if that's ultimately where he ends up slotting. You can do much worse. Than having an Ladd on your third line, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. he just may not end up, you know, earning that money that that he that he signed for, and uh, unfortunately, like it happens all the time, right? You know, it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, look
1: there there are plenty of th- there are plenty of teams that have signed guys to contracts like this that just they never live up to it. It just it happens a lot. It happens more often than and it and we
0: may be seeing a dawn of a new era here with these with these free agent contracts because you see now what's happening with the restricted free agents. They're making bank out of the gate now. They're mm-hmm. finishing their entry level deals and they're getting, you know, seven eight. Year contracts, you know, upwards of what seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if that trend continues and how, with when when team when more and more teams have contracts like those on their books, Mm -hmm. how it's going to affect the unrestricted free agency going forward. Right, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that all that that all works. No question. And of course, there is going to be a laser focus on that within the next year because Matt Barzell is stepping into that realm after Well, this you season. saw,
1: and and again, you saw another restricted free agent sign out of his ECL, uh, Nico Heischer. Right. Which, uh, quite frankly, I was stunned. At what the has numbers. he done
0: yet? That, that's
1: my point. What has he done? Well, I mean, how are you paying this guy $7 million? Is he, I mean, has he, had, has he hit 40 points yet?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't, I don't look, know. I mean, I'm you can look, look, look that, it up. But, I'm going to look that But up. I saw it too, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, first overall pick. Okay, I get it. But like, and granted, I don't, I don't pay a lot of attention to the Devils, as you can see. It's, a lot of the focus here is on the orange and blue. But Shocking I don't remember really hearing much about this guy since he went to the Devils. And obviously they had the rough year last year. But I'm like, yeah, that long, that much okay, money? I'm, I'm wrong. What has he done?
1: I'm, I'm wrong. So he had 52 points his okay, rookie season. Okay, that's good. Last year he played but 69 that's... games. He had 47 points. In oh, that's really games. good. So he's, <laughs> had, he's had 101 points in he's, 157 okay. games.
0: Well, our question's answered now, Tony. <laughs> Their questions answered. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's not so crazy. How do I not know that he had 52 points? As rookie because year? we don't give a crap about the Devils. Well, I guess <laughs> because
1: they have kind of been <laughs> off the. Beaten path recently.
0: Yeah, you look. I, f- I guess if you're not winning, you can quietly put up some points, and you just don't notice. You yeah. know, I'm so sure. And,
1: and just just to give you an idea, Barzell has got 154 points in 174 games, so that would be better. That's better. Yes, that's better. Yeah, yeah. So I I would have to say that, yeah, and I, I I believe somebody put it out there. I forget who put it out there saying that. I think the Islanders would would run to sign Barzell to a deal of that that's that uh, amount. So I think that you are looking at somewhere between you know eight and nine and a half million dollars a year, probably on a on an extension. I think it,
0: it might have been Arthur Staple himself who said it, but I think he 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 believes he's going to get upwards of ten. He thinks mm, I think it was Arthur. Sounds. I don't, I don't want to misquote him here, but I no, think I thought mean, I remember him, him saying he expects him to get at least ten. Million. It's
1: definitely possible. I mean, look, ba- Barzell is obviously going to have to produce at that rookie level more than he did last year. Obviously, I mean, the twenty two goals, eighty five points was the first season last year 18 goals 44 assists and set 62 points he had 32 power play points in 1718 he only had 21 last year so yeah there's there's you know I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna be looking for you know 10 million dollars a year you know you got to be in that 80 point range I mean that's just you know that's for a team to be successful you need to have your top players earning your top salary so you, you don't want to be paying someone on a long-term contract. You know, $10 million a year when they're only producing 60 points a season. That's going to be a problem.
0: I'm sure Lou will, will figure it out. Maybe not everybody's sure of that, but I feel pretty good that Lou will fill, I figure think, out I'm the, the right contract with Matt Barzell if and when that happens. Lock the guy up for another eight years, please and thank you, mm-hmm. so we don't have to worry about <laughs> JT number oh two <laughs> coming down the pike. Just lock him up for another eight years, please. He, you see, he's out of the lineup, right? Uh, he heard his thumb or his
1: hand or something? Broken finger. Oh, Tom Wilson. Oh I'm not, really? I'm not even sure how to feel
0: about that. Well, you never like to see somebody being hurt. So no, I I'm just—I
1: I don't know how to feel about it because it was Tom. It was Tom Wilson that did it. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's another villain. I don't—I don't, I, I don't know which Islander which villain. villain is worse at this point. Is it Tom Wilson
0: or yeah. is it John Tavares? I mean, that's that's a good question. It's a great debate. That's it's a great debate. question. Talk about it. Talk about it. So you brought up the goaltending a little bit with Arthur, which I wanted to touch on uh, real quick before we we uh, start wrapping things up. I guess. But you know it's funny because you know we talked about how the goaltending isn't wasn't expected to be as good as it was last year. And granted, again, only eight eight games in. But if you look at the numbers right now, it's as good as it was last year. <laughs> Thomas Grice, two point two one goals against, nine thirty save percentage. Mm-hmm. Semi Varlamov, two point five four goals against, nine twenty three save percentage. Mm-hmm. So they are hovering right around where they were last year. Mm-hmm. Now again, and Varlamov has got that even with that
1: torching he got from Edmonton. Right which, again, you can't really blame him for what happened in that game. So,
0: well, and he didn't give up all five goals in that game. No, because they they really, Grice came in and gave up one. I think so. I think he, he gave only up the first four. I, believe. I think it was four. Either way, though, yes, to your point, even with that game in mind, he's got some good numbers, mm-hmm. and
1: he's been solid. I mean, he's been very solid. And I like the fact that they're tending them on and off. Each one gets one game, one gets the next game. So, but one of them eventually is going to start to to roll.
0: I think that's fine, and and whoever it is, that's great. You know, I mean, but but the numbers are there. So the already, look again, eight games in, but they're starting to prove these experts wrong so far that they can't, you know, maintain those sorts of goaltending numbers. And then I guess that's when you really have to start to wonder. Though, like, let's just assume for a second that this continues and they and they keep putting up. Numbers relatively the same as they are now. And that's when you really got to ask, is it the goalie between the pipes? How much of it is the goalie between the pipes? And how much of it is Barry Trotz and Mitch Korn and Piero Greco? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, now, cause now you're looking at three goaltenders, right? If, if these numbers hold that come in uh, under this system that can post between 920 and 930 save percentages... Robin is Robin Leonard going to do that in Chicago? I saw he got a win the other night. He had an overtime win. I, I don't know what all his numbers are. I don't know if you want to try to look those up, but but you know is, is Robin Leonard going to put up the numbers that he did last year now in Chicago? I, I think, think that don't was think the so.
1: question. I think that was the question for Lou last year, right? You know, last summer,
0: right? But but here you see, you know, early sample size looks like they're they're maintaining those those low you know goals against numbers. So let's hope that Leonard is
1: one 0 o and one. Well, one zero oh, and one, I guess. Okay. Uh, two four six goals against nine thirty one save.
0: So and he's only he's only gotten into three games.
1: Yeah, he's thirty out of thirty three with Winnipeg, good. and then thirty seven out of thirty nine against Columbus. I mean, he played, okay. he's making a lot of saves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was Columbus, so let's let's not let's not get crazy, <laughs> right? Sure, you know, sure, sure. I mean, you know.
0: Okay. All right. Well, glad he's doing well. I wish him nothing nothing but, but the best, seven. nothing but the best over for Robin. in Chicago. Yep. Absolutely. And I guess uh, another interesting stat. Now that we're talking about goals against, and, and I guess now goals for, the Isles are at two point five for and against right now, dead even, whatever that means. They're they're scoring just as many as they're giving up, but yeah, they happen pl- to have one. five wins and three losses. Right, plus one in goal differential,
1: and it's you remember they lost two games, five to two. So
0: right, right, exactly, exactly. So you know, they they. Two point five is not bad, giving up, but th- th- you have that magic number three, right? And I saw that on uh the, on the skinny two from Eric he, he, Every game that they've won, they scored at least three goals, and every game that they've lost, they've given up at least three goals. So it's it's that magic number three. Magic if number you're scoring three. if you're scoring three goals, you're probably winning. And if you're preventing less than three goals, you're probably winning too.
1: That's poetic, Sean. I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud of you for that.
0: Like I said, we're we're trying to enhance the show at every angle here, Tony. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes we are. We're doing what we can for the audience. We really, we're really giving it our best shot here. So before we wrap things up, Tony, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Anybody else you wanted to talk about? Uh, we kind of already mentioned Barry Trotz. I just wanted to express my my love for him once again. I, I'll, Whenever uh, the man speaks, I will profess my I, uh, if I if if I see just give the guy Barry a lifetime on sh- lifetime contract. If he if I see that <laughs> man coach until the he's in street, hospital bed,
1: I would run up and give him a hug. <laughs> I mean, I love Barry Trotz, and to he see inspires him,
0: me, Tony. To see he inspires me to be a better man, a better me. Yes. Yeah.
1: He he, does. he he he! His animation, as he so called it last night on the bench, his fiery, you know, snapped up out
0: of it. Yeah, you
1: know, like yeah. that was just we. He I, just like knows I said, how the to command, the show, man. He was, knows
0: how to command a bench, a locker room, and he's just so damn smart. You yeah, know, he and, knows what the f he's doing. Yeah, and he just <laughs> he says things and they
1: do it like isn't that great <laughs> i mean think about this guys a, i mean what a concept all these coaches and we've talked about just nonsense all this time he's these conferences these well, they finally poor have shannon a coach hogan. that somebody was willing to pay poor shannon hogan had to stand there and listen to this crap every night with rob carlin questions. remember carlin, carlin, rob carlin with scott yes. gordon we yeah. remember
0: we had him on the on the show we when, talked about that we had to laugh about that when,
1: when, when we have rob on the phone uh, next time when we, when we well we'll have him we got to get him back year. on for the caps yeah, yeah so when we have him on we, we just we should just apologize to him in advance that's <laughs> well, not our fault <laughs> well it's not our fault but as fans we f- we feel your pain because you were standing <laughs> there with the microphone but we was watching that shit and it was terrible <laughs> So, but honestly, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, (laughs) Tony on just, yeah, but in all seriousness, though, it's like to 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 see to to see Barry out there and just taking that time out. I I guess I, I I can't stress this enough. How many times did, did, did we watch a game just going circle in the toilet going down a drain? We all knew it. We all knew it was <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we're all watching and we're like, this game is done. They're up by two goals with four minutes to go. We're losing this game <laughs> in regulation, no doubt. They're scoring and they're gonna it score an empty netter no less. It has and happened. we could and you I mean, it happens so many times. And you're like, call the time out. Does does the man know he has a timeout available to him? That was I was I swear I've read that more than one time, more than ten times. Does the man know that he has a timeout available to him? And to see Barry use that last night and it
0: worked. It it worked.
1: And him flip out and see his face turn red. Yeah. It was great. I, I, was I, just, I wanted I was to get fun. out on the ice and, and win the game for I, Yeah. I, would, I just, couldn't, though, because no. I was
0: at Offside Tavern. I, but
1: I, 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 That looked like a really good—
0: uh, It was an excellent time. I did want to talk about that before we, before we wrap Yeah, this. no.
1: I, it, it looked like it was a great turnout. You guys looked like you had a lot of fun. Turnout was you know, excellent.
0: Mikey and Brian did a great job. They got up there, and it was like old times doing the show, so they were great. He had a little fan uh, participation at the end. He got some fans up for some questions, which was pretty cool. And Nick, as always, the host of hosts does an absolutely amazing He's job. Nick, Vince, and the staff there—they're they're all fantastic people. Yep, love going over there. I said it on Twitter. If you haven't been to the Offside Tavern yet for an eye on the game, you got to get over there. Best best opportunity for that would be a road game, with, like last night. You go mm-hmm. in there, and it's just it's just a it's a great scene because Atmos you know they've they've built anything. a they've built a community there now where there's loyal not only loyal following of of the. Of the team, but of the literally the establishment, the bar itself, where you have you know a bunch of people now that are going in, wearing the colors, and they're supporting the team. They're all great, nice people. They're having a good time, and it's just it's just a lot of fun to be a part of, and and it's great. You know, you have everybody kind of you know rooting for the same team, and everybody's happy to see everybody. And obviously, it's 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 easier when you're winning too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, no I just question. put on a nice show and won the no game question. last night, but. No, it's a great scene. Like I said, I I can't say enough great things about what Nick's doing over there. So if if you're in the area, hop on a train or whatever you whatever you got to do, but get over there for a game because uh, the hospitality is great. They and Nick great is
1: just he's this dude is he's such a big Islander fan that he just all he wants is to, all he wants is to have Islander stuff going on in his bar. That's what he wants. So he wanted, and he has it's built
0: love. It's very well decorated with plenty of Islander. You know, I love the tweets, knickknacks here I love and there. The tweets just print just posted on the walls. I love that. Yeah, man. it's that's good stuff. Just, that's such maybe a great idea, Tony. Maybe one day you'll have a good enough tweet that ends up on nah, the wall. I doubt I, it. I doubt it too. Okay, well, too. at least you're realistic. My 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 tweets don't
1: don't warrant <laughs> being on the wall. But
0: I, I, you know I just, that that takes a big man to to admit. You know. That, that look, <laughs> look, man, he lets me go on a stage and you talk about hockey. You know I, you know what? I can, If he
1: lets me go talk on a stage <laughs> with a microphone in his bar about hockey, I can deal with the fact that my tweet
0: is not on the wall. I, I, I'm cool with that. I really am. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and that will be happening. We'll be talking about stuff like that uh, coming down the pike. It looks like we have uh, – we also have another show coming up, potentially uh, an on-location show next month towards the end of November. We'll tell you guys about that as the, as the situation develops. Don't want to jump the gun yet, but it looks like we're going to have something going on in November. But, yeah, just to bring it back to Offside, absolutely great time. Devin was there with the Yes Men crew, and, you know, he had the shirts and the merchandise. He makes great shirts, and, you know, that whole crew was there. He did a great job. And, again, it's just a big – it's almost like a big family thing going on now, you know. You get the same faces coming in, and everybody's – just fantastic and nice. It's great. It's a great spot. Hop on the train. It's a short subway ride downtown, and it's your very own Islander Bar in Manhattan. Who knew?
1: Whoever would have thought. Who
0: knew? Who would have thought? Yeah. It's great. It's it's fantastic. It's, It's fantastic. So, yes, great time last night. Nice win. All good stuff. Looking forward to next time. And looking forward to getting us back in there. We'll tell people yeah. about that when it happens. Yeah, no, no, we yeah. got
1: some some fun things lined up or, or almost lined up. So we'll be yeah. uh, we'll be announcing those. Go on. Got uh, got our swag shop going. Uh, that's you know,
0: right. Talk about I that did want to bring up the swag shop. That's right. Yeah, folks. If if you c- really can't get enough hockey night in New York, where listening to to myself and Tony soothe your ears with our our lovely voices. If that's just not enough for you, we've now opened up our very own swag shop. It's on T Public. All you gotta do is search for Hockey Night in New York, and you will get our storefront there. And we got some pretty cool designs, uh, one of which done by my brother Paul. He uh, mm. he, he created the logo for the site, so is credit goes did? to him. And then you have Devin; he helped us out with the with the other logo from Yes Men Outfitters. So much appreciation to him as well. And you can get shirt, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, hoodies. Uh, I mean, every kind of. I could. I, I was. Couldn't even believe it when I was when when we were setting this thing up. All the different options that you have. I mean, all mm-hmm. the different types of like not only just t-shirts, but types of t-shirts. You can get them all in different colors. You can get yourself a pink Hockey Night in New York shirt if you want. If that's your thing, I'm what, dying to see someone buy that. You never know. I really, you am. never know. Yeah, you can get all different colors. My daughter hit me
1: up for that, by the way. Is she it? saw that there was pink
0: and she's uh, like, Oh, I think I need one of those. Go. There you go. There mm-hmm. you. I like it. I mm-hmm. like it. Get your daughter a Hockey Night New York shirt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's mugs. There's notebooks. There's tapestry. I don't know who the hell is gonna buy <laughs> Hockey Night in New York tapestry but they're there Bro, they're available you if you should, want one you should get one of those i
1: already did uh, it's see? in the
0: mail yes, it's you go. coming love it love it
1: <laughs> love it
0: but yeah i mean what else those mugs t-shirts everything Literally everything. everything for the people for, yeah, pins, for all you people stickers who listen, magnets for all you people who listen that like to wear clothes we've got you covered <laughs> if you like to wear clothes and you like our show we got you covered. Like I said, go to tpublic.com. and for those people, and then who just put in "hockey night in New York" and the stuff will come up. And for those people who
1: don't like to wear clothes,
0: that's fine too. That's fine too. We like and to you. Also, you don't have to. You don't have to buy our stuff. No, we're just, you we're don't. just letting you know it's there you if you want continue it. Continue to listen, and and in we appreciate any way your patronage. To. If if you do decide to buy some merch, so so please buy some merch. <laughs> <laughs> we would love that that, that helps keep the show afloat you I know what i'm saying unfortunately putting the show together ain't free so any help from you guys would be uh greatly greatly definitely appreciated. and we don't want to sound
1: like the zodiac and say that we'd love to see our shirts and pins out on the street and everything <laughs> like that but that. We, we'd love to <laughs> see that though we would really love to no, see no, that no we, we no have creepy giant egos, guys we're not we're not saying
0: egos here, here at so yes that will that will just inflate them even more so Yes, that would be That, <laughs> that would, be, would be wonderful. That would, that would be wonderful. Sure. So yeah. We would love to see that. Why not? So that would be great. And if
1: you see us wearing the shirt, <laughs> even just come up and say, Tristan from the U.K. bought a, a, Buddy, a truckload of crap. international, God. man.
0: What? Yes, big thanks to Tristan, Tr- out in, Tristan out in England. Great
1: job, man. Love it. Love it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of, like, you know, it's cool. We get to see the stats and who's listening, where they're listening, stuff like that. And I, and I imagine that, that a lot of these, you know, listeners are expats, maybe people who moved, you know, from the states and stuff they're like that. Huge but huge in
1: Australia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if, if I want to say huge. <laughs> but but yes, we do have some listeners in Australia. I, I don't know how many, but but I was very surprised at the the percentage of our listeners that, that, that are from Australia. <laughs> which is it's pretty <laughs> it's cool. Insane. It's pretty cool. So if you're listening now, we really appreciate it. Yeah. I saw this people ch- tuning in from Japan and in Spain and and the UK and all that. So it's pretty awesome. And it we appreciate been, it. Thank you awesome. so much. And yeah, it's great that, you know, everything's uh everything's going and, and everybody can listen wherever they are, whenever they want. Yeah. It's good yep. stuff. We appreciate it. And I, I'm it's still gonna good. bug you guys if you can please rate review subscribe to the show that helps us out if you think we're doing a good job please put it out there to let everybody know because you know we want more people to listen because like i said we have giant egos and we want to take over the world <laughs> anyway and, and we're modest too if you <laughs> hadn't noticed so <laughs> hey we're just two fans doing a podcast and we're we're grateful that people actually you know are, are willing to set aside some time to listen to us. so it's great stuff so thanks a lot guys we really appreciate it and i think with that tony you can you can cue the music And we can set this one off into the sunset, and you know, we didn't even talk about the the games coming up, but you got Arizona at home on Thursday. First of a back-to-back Friday, they go into Ottawa, and then two days later on Sunday, they will be playing Philadelphia. Perhaps we we will do a later show next week after that game. We'll talk about it. We will talk about that. But um, they will be playing Philadelphia at home. When do they start playing Barclays? Is that happen anytime soon? Are they, are they playing? Know? Are they playing in, <laughs> in <laughs> they, Barclays? They are. I just don't remember when that I, starts. I have no idea, to be honest. With okay. You. I mean, you know, it's I would have thought empty. they would try to get
1: game. Yeah. Well, I would thought they would try to get the games in before the Nets started, but
0: apparently not. I hey, whatever, man. And you see, I this I don't know why I'm even bringing this up, but you see the, the, that the uh, the New York Liberty are moving to Barclays Center. I did? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That Should be fun. Something. I mean, look, the, the, the building's hey, designed for
1: basketball, so put more basketball teams that there. That makes a lot of sense. It does.
0: That makes a lot of sense. No, that's good. That's great. That's great. Another mm-hmm. team over there. Good for them. Less, I less guess it wasn't working out the Garden. I don't know. And I'm less dates available
1: for us to play there, so that's great.
0: Well, they play in the summer, so the only real time that it would be an issue Why is Why you to crush if my if dreams, Deion, man? Buddy, I'm just saying, the only way that that ends up being a conflict is if the Islanders are playing deep into May, and let's hope that they are. They can... But all in all, it's it's not really going to be a conflict should they play any games at Barclays Center before they move in
1: to Belmont. Which would you, you, Have you circled your last game at Belmont? We've done this like five
0: years in a row now, so have you circled your last <laughs> oh, at game Barclays? at Barclays Center? Uh, <laughs> I, I did. You know, once once the news came out about the, the more games at the Coliseum, I did I did take a look to see what the I last saw it, Barclays Oh, I, I'm was. sure I, I forgot which one it is. I, yeah,
1: I, it was some kind of... I'll be there. Was I'll be there. I mean, look, no, it won't. is... <laughs> <laughs> no, you Come on, let's be serious.
0: No, I th- I genuinely would like to attend the final game at Barclays. You hate the road.
1: You hate the you hate the the railroad. I don't hate the railroad from Barclays. You do. I mean, it's not ideal, bro. The last game that you went to, I remember you cursing on the phone. Like, oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> believe I missed my effing train. I, it was not
0: you. Would I don't not... talk like that, Tony? What are you talking about? Oh my god. <laughs> People, you know what? It, that's that's no that's idea. the problem. Is the, is the slave to the schedule. You know what I mean? At least when you go into the coliseum, you can you can get in the car, and get out when you get can, in the Uber, and, whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. whenever you're ready, right? Right, but when you go into Barclays, you either have to leave the game early, the or
1: you just either you have to leave the game early and catch that first train that leaves. Like or you pack like a
0: sardine, exactly, on a train later. Yeah. it's, it's it and, and then sometimes they're late and they get delayed. I don't know how Ranger fans do it; they've been doing it all these years, and they make it well, work because they're
1: coming from Penn. They're not, you know, because there's a train right. everywhere from Penn. Yeah, it's completely true. different. Yeah, it's okay. True. Atlantic Terminal, they sold it as if it was just like Penn Station. It's nothing like well, Penn Station. It's least. a glorified subway
0: stop. <laughs> at least at least the the days are winding down and that will not be an issue in the very near future because they are still folks moving a lot of dirt around that place the over it they, they got, got posts some posts now the there's some cement there's different colored dirt I smiled the dirt I is deeper that. there's a lot going on over there it's there a, is. it is it is, <laughs> it is thrilling stuff I going on that live feed mm-hmm. check it out cuz it is exciting. bulldozer on the left a little cement truck on the right yeah this thing's going on. <laughs> this thing's happening. Big doings. New Island Arena. It's coming. It's coming. So I think now we can wrap it up. I'm clicking the music. <laughs> Please click the music. So, folks, once again, thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can catch us live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at HockeyNightNY. You can follow Tony at Tony's The Bill. You can follow me at Shawnee Hockey. Please rate, review, subscribe, buy some merch. Check it out. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for tuning in. For Tony's The Bill, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We will see you next week.